like the shape of his face. Was he good then? Well, did you see what they're doing? Kay Stewart fucked things up? Yeah. Well, she fucks the she fucks so the director. So she fucked the director. This is the rarity. She must be fucking noxious in Hollywood. Yeah. Because it's the rare thing where a Hollywood star can fuck a director. And the star gets fired for the sequel, not the director. Because the director's not the most important part about Snow White and the Huntsman, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, so it sounds like they're going to do a sequel. And she's been... What's, so it was uh, Snow White and the Huntsman was terrible. We'll, we'll talk about the podcast. We're recording right now. Oh, you motherfucker. I hate you so much. <laughs> no, seriously, look at him. He look. Chris Hemsworth looks like a McKinney guy. I can totally see that. Yeah, he's totally got the... Well, especially his, the hair and his everything His smile like and he his twinkly little eyes. He could play McKinney's Joker. He could. He could. Yeah. Well. Hey, everybody. It's the Boy Hattie Podcast, apparently recording right now. I think well, we're talking about Snow White and the Huntsman. We're essentially going to have... Yeah. Hey everybody, I'm Annie. I'm Bill. And this is the Boy Hattie Podcast, where we talk about things. <laughs> this is what, for Saturday, uh, August 18th? 17th, 18th? Yeah, it's gonna be September 12th? soon. It's gonna be the best time of year since two September. weeks! September. Doctor Who's coming back, yeah. Downton Abbey's coming back, I know you care about that. I feel that. strongly about You're... both of those Yeah, things. you love Shirley MacLaine! Shirley take MacLaine a... is gonna be on... She's coming, yeah. Which? On Doctor Are you actually Who or Downton Abbey? Both. On both? Are you kidding me? She's coming back in a big way. Bill? No, no, she's coming back. Uh, Downton Abbey. Was she on Would she ruin Doctor Who for you if she showed up? She wouldn't ruin anything. It's Shirley MacLaine. I thought Shirley MacLaine was dead. <laughs> no, she's coming back. She's playing, uh, there's an American character on Downton Abbey, and she's going to play this American lady's mom. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess she's going to combat, like, Maggie Smith. Oh. She's supposed to be a foil for Maggie Smith because she's all like, "I'm a rootin' tootin' American." You sound so completely unenthused. It's <laughs> Downton Abbey. Have you seen any Downton Abbey? Bill, I swear to God, we've had this exact conversation on this podcast. I think this will be the fifth or sixth time. I saw half of one episode of Downton Abbey. I got to the speech where the dude is like, "Downton Abbey <laughs> is my life." You and think I that's the worst part of Downton Abbey? I turned oh it off. Well, I just, I figured that was a Downton Abbey litmus test right there. If you can make it through that sentence, you can make it through the rest of the show, and I could not. There's, well, you didn't get the part where World War One breaks out, and every fucking five minutes, that same guy or another character is like, the war has changed things. <laughs> After the war, nothing will ever be the same. It will only be a different world if we have to prepare ourselves. That's right. Every, like, at least twice an episode during World War Two. One. Which one came first? Four. I I'm out of sorts because you won't let me drink sodas. I, candy. Bill, you can drink soda. You just have to open it before the podcast I did. starts. Man, this you can me eat out. candy. Just maybe don't unwrap it. No, on well, the we air. only have Starburst again, so we, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that because you're going to ask me a question right after I popped one in my mouth. <laughs> I know how this works. No, man. So yeah, so Snow White and the Huntsman sucks balls. So I went. Well, I mean, no, surprisingly, no one. I did went you just to go because. Did you go just for the air conditioning? <laughs> yes. <laughs> two movies in the last four days yeah. we never go see movies this is partially well we had um we had a standing date with our bros um brennan chase and as soon as we went to the second round of theaters we would go see it with them so we did and um there is a part of my brain that is wired to be excited about any movie where there are dudes in armors with broadswords yeah the trailer looked cool it was you know there are a lot of neat visual ideas like the armor and designs and stuff, and it was an enjoyable mishmash of designs. Well, what I saw from the trailer looked interesting, because it was, didn't seem to be entirely 100% dark fairy tale as much as, like, it seemed like there were a glimmer of actual real fairy tale stuff in there. It was like weird. Stuff. They made a really weird choice where it was a fantasy world 
It was like, but it was like a real fantasy world. Yeah. And it, like, what if well, fantasy magic and stuff? But it's well, yeah. It was, so they they made a weird they make a weird choice where one of the first things you see Kristen Stewart do. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Go burr, go burr. Kristen Stewart. What are the first things you see Kristen Stewart do? <laughs> um, she's down well, on her, she's down on her knees, and she says the Lord's prayer. Oh, really? But, is this supposed to take place, like, in See, that's Europe? the thing. And, like, right there, I'm like, what the fuck? What, is this, quote-unquote, real? So but the thing is, is, is that's pretty much the only touch to reality to any way. So this is this put together by people who don't give a shit about world building. It's just, well, like, we'll have stuff. It's medieval. There's Christ. She'll say totally, a Catholic thing. This whole is movie. Is Lord's Prayer specifically Catholic? It's Christian. I know it's Christian. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the version that she's she she spurts out is different from the one that I was raised with. So. Was it a church made of candy and turned into That's Adventure right, Time? Though. Anyway, no, it was really weird because they it, it smacks of like serious notes and serious yeah. rewrites that turned it into something else. Because it <laughs> they wish you mumble the Lord's <laughs> Prayer. Ugh, she may as well. What's well, really funny ever, is that ever. so she says it. She's on her knees and she has these two little dolls. And the implication is that. Maybe she made them to, like, represent her lost mother and father, yeah. but she's also, like, 17 years old, so a little too old for that. So I'm like, is it voodoo? Is she praying over voodoo dolls? Because then she sets them on fire. It's just the weirdest shit. I wonder it's, if it's, like, Kingdom of Heaven, where there's, like, a, like a three-hour-long director's cut or something well, that makes sense. Well, it, it smacks... I know we're talking about Snow White and the Hood. It but, smacks but, you know. of a movie that had a, pre- a reasonably, like, maybe had a really, it had a really strong pitch. Yeah. And then the script just kind of biffed it, and then the development kind of went somewhere else, and then something altogether different. Did you see What's-His-Face, the other Snow White movie? Mirror, mirror. Well, what's funny is that all during the Snow White and the Huntsman movie, I kept thinking, man, I wish that Tarsem directed this one. Yeah! Because it's be weird way that, more like... interested in that. Yeah, it's weird that, like, the non-Tarsem one, it seems like it, that was, like, the more specifically visually interesting movie yeah. of the two Snow White projects. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is... Okay, so all, basically Snow White and the Huntsman, the whole time you're watching it, I just wish I could send it back to 1987 and have yeah. it be made in 1987. Because basically... You, like, sit the soundtrack and it shit. It feels like if Excalibur and Labyrinth had both been, like, box office successes, this movie would have existed You just want Jennifer time. Connelly to replace Kurt Stewart. No, Bill. And no. then it would have been, like, young Robert Downey Jr. as the Huntsman or there something. Yeah. But no, it's it, it's really weird because it, it has a lot of elements of a movie of that time and like a fantasy movie yeah. of that time, and also in the kind of grittiness or the attempt at grittiness, um, and the the few effects in it that are super practical are the mm-hmm. most impressive effects in the whole thing. Yeah. And the whole time you're watching, you're like, "Fuck! If this were practical, this would be so much cooler." Because they have this thing with the the mirror in this movie. Isn't it like a it's brass? Guy? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this this brass kind of melts. And molds over the cobblestones and then floops up into a dude who's all draped in this brass For no particular story reason. It's just because it's more visually interesting than just looking at a mirror. Exactly. Well, it's different. Yeah. They go out of their way to make it different. So, um, but it, you're, I'm watching, I'm like, fuck, that'd be so more, much more interesting if it was, like, a practical effect. Because later on in the movie... What? Just taking a guy and putting him in, a, like, a robe and covering him with, like, liquid goo? And just yeah. Kinda, that would look kind of, like, it would just look like a guy and it... No, you could, could totally like do it well. Monster. You could do it You, you could do, do it well. well. Fuck you, because later, let me finish, okay. motherfucker. My point. I'm just saying, I can see how that could look terrible in 1987. If you well, later that on, they had this thing where, so, uh, the evil Charlize Theron... Ravina is the name of her character. Can in turn <laughs> into kind of wait for it ravens. So her, oh she's God. she goes off and she fucks with Snow White, and then she <laughs> flies. She turns into a thing of ravens and she flies away. 
and she's defeated, and it's this moment of weakness for her. And so she fall, she go, comes through this like the um, the opening in the the dome of this room, and she just like all these crows, excuse me, these ravens just smack into the floor into this weird goopy mess. Yeah. And then she crawls out of the goop, and like she goes, she becomes corporeal, crawling out of this mess. That's actually pretty cool. And yeah. it's all practical, and it's so much grosser and more visceral for being practical. So and it's all like more Charlie's terrifying. theorem, like crawling out of like a little lake of like melted crows. Yeah. No, it's a great visual! And it's, like, tar. Like, it's, like, kind of yeah. consistency of tar. Was she good? Because Charlene Theron's fucking hilarious. Well, you could totally see why she signed on for this. Because yeah. they went out... It's weird. It's, like, the concept isn't bad. Basically, I wa- it's one of those movies you watch, and you're like, oh, I want to read the young adult novel that this is based off of, but yeah. there wasn't one. I want to read the young adult novel that was butchered to make this movie. Because every- they went out of their way to give everyone motivations. So, like, the the evil queen, it's not that she's evil per se, it's that her mother did a magic spell on her when she was a little girl, and the only way she could survive was by absorbing the life force of others. And Well, she had to do it to protect her brother, too, and bloop, bloop, bloop. So, Charlie's throne, during this whole movie, is on the verge of tears. Like, almost every time you see her, she's almost crying. Oh, so she's not just arch-evil, she's, like, fucked well, up. Well, she is, but she has, it's so weird. So she's been has these so motivations. So she's the Azula of if you will. Snow White, yeah. yeah. It's weird. Weird. And, like, the huntsman isn't just, like, this troubled huntsman. It's just, he lost his wife, and so, of course, he wants to save Snow White because of bloop, bloop, bloop. They're smart. They'll, they'll find a it's... way to make that. What's the, what's, what's, what's the goddamn fairy tale movie that's coming out next spring that with uh, Hawkeye and What's-Her-Face? Oh, um, Hansel and Gretel. Did you just, like, somehow just, like, make that kind of, like, <laughs> a little bit of a sequel to this and just roll that universe together? The I will dark, see grim that. fairy tale You world. know what? The one... The, I will totally go see that movie. You know why? I'll go yeah. see it over opening night. You know why? Huh. The one screenshot they released from that film... Oh, yeah, with those... Gemma Arterton is so smoking hot <laughs> that it makes my brain turn What else off. is she doing? Because I know she gets killed in James, uh, James, one of the James Bond movies. That's the only other yeah. thing I've seen she her She was in. Strawberry Fields, I think. Yeah. She was She's in, a hot redhead lady. She was the princess in the Prince of Persia movie. Oh, see, I didn't see that. Which was, she was hot in that? bad, but she was very hot. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's one of those people where I... I, I... So they got, like, a pale 19-year-old, like, Irish chick. I and mean, whatever the <laughs> hell she is to play, like, a Persian princess. Well, yeah. to be well, fair... Well, Jake Hall too. You, nothing beats... Uh, my favorite weird casting is in... There's a Sinbad movie where um, Maureen O'Hara plays an, an Arabian princess. I don't know if you ever see. No, 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 no. This is a live action movie. I don't know if you know who Maureen O'Hara is. She is the. Oh, I'm thinking of Catherine O'Hara. No. Who, from uh, SCTV. Yeah. Who the hell's Maureen, Maureen O'Hara? Maureen O'Hara was the um was the love interest in the the um the Quiet Man. Oh, this is like 50 years the ago. Mom. Oh, okay. She's the well, mom. The did in anyone like, ever make a Sinbad movie? In like the Parent Trap. Yes. Like she's the most redheaded Irish man. Did you see that Duncan Jones is trying to make Mute now? Oh, was he actually trying to? Yeah. He, so let's well, take a moment to explain to the listeners at home what Mute is. Mute, is, apparently, uh, the dude who did Moon... Um, yeah, this is Duncan Jones. Ha- he wants to do a movie that is basically his ode to Blade Runner about a... Um, is it about a bouncer or a bartender? I just, doesn't this take place in Germany, though? Yeah, in, in, in near-future Berlin. Yeah. Something... It, well, the, the, the synopsis is vague, but the synopsis sounds just ring enough. Piggybacking off of what he did with the uh, 
moon. And he's it releasing sounds like he'd be very art. badass. Yeah. Well, he, uh, for the last week or two, it sounds like he's been pitching a uh, uh, a movie to the studios. Yeah. And I and like, he wasn't saying whether it was uh, mute or anything else. I, I on Twitter, I was kind of poking him about like because he was like, "Oh, my new movie," and I was like, "Boy, I hope it doesn't rhyme with poot." And he was like, rah, rah, rah. and actually, uh, two or three days ago, he came out and said, okay, we actually got shot down, Aww. but now we're talking to somebody else to see how we can, maybe we can do, and he actually called it by name, Mute, Cheaper, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. Aww. And so, uh, yeah, it sounds like he made his big pitch this week and then didn't work out, but yeah, I know, I guess he's trying to talk to somebody else or do something, like, I don't and know. I should start a Kickstarter. But yeah, no, Duncan Jones. I start his kick. He's a nice guy. He's, He's a good gamer. Egg. He's a cool He's guy. He's a good egg. Fucking Moon was fantastic. Moon is amazing. I guess, well, I guess if you're going to try to make something that's like Blade Runner, oh, well, Moon can be relatively cheap because it's one guy in a relatively small set with, yeah. like, you know, you can do some practical special effects. That movie sure, you know, definitely costs money, but yeah. I could see if you're going to do, like, post, uh, you know, like, 2050 Berlin, where it's going to be, yeah. like, crowded city streets. That kind of world building and set and prop design and shit that can can be at least be like a fifty million dollar movie. CGI that that would require. Yeah, Yeah. man. I'm gonna go back and talk about Snow White and the Huntsman for just a second because there was one more note I wanted to hit on. One of the most effective special effects in the whole film are the dwarves, because the dwarves are all just you know it's Ian McShane and like Nick Frost and oh Toby Jones. Are you serious, Nick Frost and Toby Jones? Wow. And okay. uh, I can't remember his name, but he was the dude he played, um, God damn, I can't remember his name, the chief of police in the Sherlock Holmes movies. Oh, the, yeah, that yeah. That guy yeah. and a few other people. And Bob Hoskins. And Bob Hoskins, this is actually Bob Hoskins' last role before retiring. Uh, so it's, uh, Bob so Hoskins there are two is like points. the new Raul Julia. <laughs> so there are two points uh. I was thinking as watching this movie. So Ian McShane plays the scrappy, um, a bitter lead dwarf. And Bob uh, Hoskins plays, yeah. plays the elderly, um, He's blind, like, dying dwarf, like, elder dwarf wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. And what's really upsetting watching this is, like, 20 years ago, like, Bob Hoskins would have been the scrappy, bitter, like, lead dwarf A. So yeah, he was... would have walked off the set of Roger Rabbit to, like, Exactly! This movie, you know? It was really weird. It was weird. And well, B... it's because he's old! That was one of the first movies, right... Where it, the dwarf stuff actually made me uncomfortable. Oh, because it was like dwarf blackface? Yes! Yeah. Well, after, like, now that Peter Dinklage is yeah. kind of like... Well, I think it was really because, again, this movie felt like it should have been made in 1983. Oh. Like, and then it would have been, like, Warwick Davis and all these bro guys and... It would have actually know. been actual dwarves. Yeah, it would have been yeah. actual dwarves. And well, it was really way. well done. Because yeah. they did it, they did it, you know, they totally did the Peter Jackson thing. Where it was a mix of, you know, just very carefully staged shots and oversized clothing and, and props and stuff. And and then with um, doubles for the, like, the far out out of focus shots. Yeah. And then with face replacement. And it was actually so well done that I didn't recognize Ian McShane. I still want Maggie Smith and uh, Peter Nicholich to do redo. Uh, Ray Winstone. Ray Winstone was another one. Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm still. He was. Wasn't he the bad guy in the last Indiana Jones movie? And that movie sucked. He was. And so every time I see that yeah. guy, I just look at him and go, "You fucked up, Indiana Jones." He was Indiana. Well, Tom Hanks was holding against Kate Blanchett. She was terrible oh, in that God, movie. God, that's right. I forgot about that, too. Everyone was te- unilaterally <laughs> yeah. terrible. Yeah. Even old man who got his chest exploded in Alien was terrible. <laughs> the only person... Well, you know, actually, even Marion Raven was kind of like... Was, all right. well, she was fair, all, like, smiley, like, here. Hey, Indy! I, I love blowjobs! I'm old! <laughs> everyone else is actively bad. She was just, like, had nothing to do. She was just happy she had a job. Her. Yeah, that's true. I feel bad. Oh, God, uh, Mar- was it Mary Ellen? No, what the fuck is her name from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, Marian? yes. Isn't she Marion? No, her, her character's name was Marion Ravenwood. Yeah. Karen Allen. That's what... Yeah. I knew it was Allen something. <laughs> so, yeah, well... Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, is it just mostly just fighting birds and broken black glass? It's what the, all the trailer looked like. It was like people Those bursting into glass and parts. whirling around. I'll say this. However, there is this fight we at the end. We way too much about this. I know. I'm almost done. I swear to God. The movie is, is worth, it was worth three bucks in an air-conditioned room where yeah. I could have a beer. I'll sell that. Yeah, it sounds like a perfect late summer, like, brainless yeah. movie. The, they're, having recently read, um, oh shit, I could just remember it a second ago. The Hyperion. Hyperion. Having just read Hyperion, the Hyperion features this yeah, you were talking about that alien last monster yeah. called the Shrike that's this terrifying, like, vaguely insectoid, but, like, glassy black specter, just huge, like, nine feet tall with, like, with, like, razors for hands and shit. Just terrifying with, like, these glowing red eyes. And there's this climax where they're fighting these glass monsters that are, like, this black mirror glass. And the whole time I was going, this technology would be perfectly utilized <laughs> in an adaptation of Hyperion. Thank God. You know what was the most offensive part of that movie? Snow White? Yeah. The hunt, so the evil queen had this, she sent out her gang of bros to go hunt down Snow White, right? Yeah. And the one who could smell her to track her and had like, like unearthly, like almost animal-like movements was the only African-American character in the entire movie. Again, it felt like it was from 1983 when this black man arrives just to pick up a piece of her clothing and smell it and say, she's that way. <laughs> I swear to Christ. I I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I can see if you made it like he's a werewolf or something like no, that or and something. He's also like... seriously the only African American character in the entire movie. He was a beautiful young man. Okay, I can see if they just got a fat, ugly black guy to show. <laughs> it wasn't worse. I over there. I don't know. It, it was just so weird. White Such a bitch. weird choice. Anyway, basically that movie either needed to crank up the magic or crank it down one way or the other. Uh, how about uh, what's what else did she? I went to go see the Born Legacy also. The Born Legacy had Rachel Weiss in glasses. So, therefore, I give it two thumbs up. <laughs> so, really, you saw two terrible movies this week. Uh, one was only good because it had Chris Hensworth. I'm not, with an a, axe. I'm not, I'm not a, on team yeah, Chris Hensworth. You just like because it looks like a butt face He character. should be one of my Pokemon, but he's not. I don't know why. He doesn't seem like that good of an actor. He doesn't have a lot of personality to him. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a bad guy or even no. a bad actor. He was great as Thor. He was good as Kirk's uh, dad in the yes, Star Trek movie. Well, all he had to do was be brave and die. <laughs> yeah. And then Thor, yeah, all he grows a good as beard. Thor, all he has to be is like, oh, He has shiver. twinkly blue eyes, and for whatever reason, my buttons are not pressed. I don't know. Well, he doesn't have any grit. He doesn't seem like the kind of person throwing you around the room during sex, which I think that's your type. <laughs> that's why you like Tom Hardy, because he would give you kisses, and then he'd probably push you through a window, sure, but Bill. you would want to be pushed through Tom a window. Tom Hardy always, he has a very clear, like, he's just a lot of character to him, and a lot of, like... Tom Hardy seems like he got issues. <laughs> yes! <laughs> He seems more interesting. That's personality. Chris yeah. I mean, Ian Liam's Hemsworth. If I have to choose a Hemsworth, I'm on Liam. There's I'm all about Liam Hemsworth. How many Hemsworths are there? Two. They're like Pokemon. I'm aware of. No, actually, I think there are three, and their older brother's a surfer or something. <laughs> so Liam Hemsworth was Gale in the Hunger Games. I still haven't finished that book. Uh, Fuck I'll watch the movie. You. The movie's coming on DVD next week. I'll watch it then. <sighs> anyway. So um, yeah, uh, Born... Uh, which, what is this? I was going to see The Born the Legacy. The Born Redundancy. 
Man. I, so yeah, Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss is wonderful. Does she act good? Do you get to see yeah. her flabby butt? Oh yeah. No, you do not get to see her flabby butt. I, know, I can't believe I always thought Rachel Weiss was cute. She's really cute. And then in the Brothers Bloom, where you get to see her flabby normal human butt. <laughs> not insane to say the flabby butt, because it's not like it's particularly no, flabby. She's but a she's regular got person human ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah. That was so amazing. They let her like, oh yeah, here's my name. That's probably the one movie you get to see uh, Rachel Weiss's naked ass. No. No? It's not. She does it all the time. She's like she really has proud. Been... I got normal butt. <laughs> I want you to see my like flat Even butt Even recently, crack. she's in, uh, what is it? She did a movie with Tom Hiddleston. What's his name? Uh, in, called Deep Blue Sea. Thor motherfuckers are everywhere. I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, he can multiply himself. So therefore, <laughs> That's how he flies. It's just Thor's all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Anyway, um, no, yeah, no LeBorn Legacy. So all I know is that he's a drug addict and he needs his drugs. That's pretty much it. And he then needs Fight Club's got to stop him. Well, so, man, Edward Norton, such a snooze fest in this movie. It's really, I, I kind of forgot that all Edward the Bourne Norton? movies are kind of, they're kind of not the very good. The first one was kind of interesting just because it kind of set they're up. They're all kind of not that, very The good. first one started off this whole trend of action, renegade spy action flicks like a decade ago. Yeah. That even James Bond wound up uh, trying to duplicate, yeah. you know, to, to much success. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, even the other Bond movie, or the other Bourne movies, there's no reason for them to exist. They're like, all kind they're of all incomprehensible. Kinda like, and well, they're kind they... of comprehensible, but they're all kind of like fluffy. It's, 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 they're the, like, uh, Law and Order of movies where there's always, they're always making them and they're fine, like, brain candy. Yeah. But it's not like... Rachel Weisz got to say science a lot. She actually says, I'm doing it for the science about eight <laughs> or nine times. And so she's like, the, she, she's the one he ends up running away with at the end. Yes. The best part Aww. of the whole movie is that, so in these agents, they have to, they have to take two pills. One enhances their This is not Treadstone. I can't no. believe I care enough about the I know, Bourne, you know. But... No, because Bourne is Treadstone. They each have different code names. Because I know this one takes place, what, during, like, the last Yeah, this technically overlaps with the Does final it have, what's Bourne her, Like, one of my favorite characters, the only person I care about other than uh, Rushmore, who showed up in the first one and got killed. Oh, What's he did? Face? I totally remember. The guy who's, uh, ex, oh, who's Wolverine's dad in the second X-Men movie. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, he shows up for 10 seconds. He was in yeah. Rushmore. That's all I remember him from. Yeah. But no, there's an old lady. Not an old lady, because she's 40. No, I know who you're talking about. Who runs yeah. kind of like the CIA. She shows up for like the last two minutes, as does What's-His-Butt, who plays another or like bureau- bureaucratic dude in the other films. Oh, just oh, okay. They show up long enough to kind of tie everything together. I suspect this film was made just to make money. Not for the creative, you know. <laughs> No, for the science of it, Bill. Did you know this movie's like these books? movies have nothing to do with the books like i guess suppose oh, yeah. like, even like the first was yeah. it the first movie was just based off a treatment that the that the guy who wrote the born identity was like here here's a just vague idea of what the book is yeah i've actually changed most of the story but oh, this yeah. can be the basis for the movie well i don't know if you remember i could be misremembering this but the born video game was supposed to be based on the books as yeah opposed and to that's why it's completely different yeah yeah anyway um the uh the the best part is that so they take two pills one to boost their health and the other to boost their intelligence and so yeah, for most that of them like a cool idea, yeah. for most of them it's like it just you know it so it increases your awareness and it increases your dexterity but you find out that jeremy renner is an idiot he's a functional idiot so it's got a flowers for all the guns like a sniper scope. and i wish they had gone with that because that would have been so much more interesting if actually halfway through the movie he actually just is a dumb sack of shit and so it's science wise well like and... still with like his training but not that smart because well, he still has the the like if he gets in a fight yeah exactly. it's almost it's like a hulk kind of thing yeah. where it's like he's got the broad well, that would be great if like then rachel weiss becomes like the linchpin having to try yeah. to protect him until she 
can get some more chems into them or something yeah. like that. Is that what they call it? Chems? I saw people were joking because it's always chems. It's never my medicine or my yeah. pills. Yeah. I need my pills. <laughs> my pills. <laughs> they call them greens and blues because that's what their colors are. Yeah. I'll watch that on DVD The two best part from is, now. so they decide to poison everybody because Born, Born goes, it, it, it almost exposes Oh, they have to burn everything down because so he exposes give, everything. Yeah. They give all the agents yellow pills. And they're like, oh, oh, this is going to replace your little pills. <laughs> and, and they, of course, are suspicious, but they take them. The and all I can think of is, they're fucking, just make the yellow pills and color them <laughs> blue and shape them the same. And give that them is them. the depth of the intelligence of the writers and producers. Well, and I, I assume they're, they're you know what, the, your audience is having enough trouble remembering Treadstone and Blackwater and all this shit. We Why is everyone totally getting, yeah. We should color code the pills clearly so everyone <laughs> can catch on. Yeah, I guess you can't assume the your African American audience member is going to be smarter than the super spy exactly yeah no it, it was dumb but rachel weiss is so beautiful bill she in the movie though? i yeah. will rent a movie just for rachel weiss she's should so i read this yes she pretty? she's so pretty she gets she's great have no. you ever seen her tits in a movie i'm wondering if she has like normal tits i can't believe i'm so sorry i would think she was cuter if she had normal everything she's just getting more interesting the older she gets she's got pubes up to her ribcage so that's <laughs> She's doing what she's Rachel White, she's German. She's gonna have issues like that. Oh, Bill. I'm gonna yeah. just anyway, she's beautiful. She says the word science a lot. She wears glasses. And she's that's cute. all I need. It just makes my brain stop. Aww. I get turning to Foley. I'm glad going, you had a good time. Oh my god, Foley. Did you so see beautiful. that as a fucked up double feature? I feel terrible yeah. that I think Kirsten Stewart is hot. Because I look she's at her and I want to punch her in the face. She looks like she's always smelling a fart. <laughs> she, no, she does. But there's something about her. She were cor- Let's put it the way there were a bunch of corpses in a room. <laughs> And That's... she wanted to <laughs> You would stick your dick in her? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Nah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you slipped in your dick. I like the idea that I would rather fuck her as a corpse than a living person, though. She will constantly be making fart face. Well, so, okay, so we're watching this movie, and afterwards I'm talking to Foley about it, because the whole, the whole thing that has come to light now is that Kristen Stewart... Made at the very least made out with and possibly performed oral sex upon the director. Why? How do they know oral sex? That's the root. How does that? I don't know. Don't look at me. All I know is from reading One Day at a Time by Anne Romero. Romero, She would give the most boring blowjob. Oh god, that face. Fucking no, fucking. She looks like would be like having sex with a corpse. She's always about taking a nap. She's got those eyes that she's always. You know what? She needs to have sex with Tom Hardy because Tom Hardy would you know throw people through a window while fucking them. (laughs) And she's such a ragdoll that she could just be like, you know, if you come so hard, I blast off your cock and land two blocks away. Eh, whatever, I can deal with that. I'm not going to anyway, call the cops. So I'm talking to my wife about this, and she she's giving the director potentially a break. She goes, well, you know, I don't, she had seen some interviews with Kirsten, Kristen Stewart and what, Charlize Theron, where they were together, and they're flirting with each other as they're being interviewed. And Foley goes, well, you know, the, they were really flirting in those reviews. Maybe it was just, quote, a sexy set. Maybe people are just, quote, feeling <laughs> sexy. And I just a look at her. Set? This is the thing. So I look at her like she grew to their head, and then I remember that Foley's high school theater experience was very different from mine. What, people were fucking on her high school thing? Well, I mean, okay, high school theater is, you are either like Annie, and you're very earnest about doing stuff, and it's fun to hang out with people, and, you know, you like to build Yeah, this is all news to me. Or you're like Foley, and you like ladies. Isn't Kirsten Stewart supposed to be gay? I've heard all these rumors that supposedly she's like there's. A, it's rumors. Supposedly she's a gay icon for some lesbians. Yes. Like she's. Or at least everyone's hoping. Well, I her, feel like her, her and Ellen Page. Yeah. Those are the two. Like the, I feel like I'm missing two lesbians. Shake a McNugget in the fart. <laughs> Just 
saying. Ellen, Ellen Page got chicken McNugget forehead. She got five head. <laughs> Six head. She's cute. Ugh. Who's hotter, Ellen Page or Kirsten Stewart? In terms of gay, oh, lesbian, God. boring people. No, Ellen Page is actually cute. I can't. Well, it's say Ellen Page no, can actually act. Ellen Page is Why am I shit cute? I'm a fat guy in a basement <laughs> recording the podcast. So I'm going to start throwing who's cute and who's not spears at people. I don't know. Here's I thing. wouldn't have sex with that person. Because they're not even if like, you were a car. <laughs> I am everything that's wrong with the internet. <laughs> Ellen Page is cute. Well, I will say this: I am the not oh. the person to ask this because I will think people are attractive, but I will well, not even not abstract to ask you to think because you're technically a lesbian because you're married to a lady. But you're I'm, not. I'm late. bisexual. You're, you're, you're. Yeah, exactly. You're bi, but even then, you only go bi for very like maybe five well, percent of the ladies. I only go hetero or homo for a very small. I am very selective. Well, sure, yeah, you've never had a boner from too many guys either. No. Yeah. There are only about maybe 30 men in my entire life that I've actually been actively attracted to. Yeah. And the list of women is even shorter. So. Uh, half of them were Ron Swanson. <laughs> half of them were Kate, Kate Beaton's dad. <laughs> which are pretty much the same people. <laughs> I was reading some Kate Beaton's comics this week. And I was, uh, anyway, anyway, Bill, what's going on with you? Did you Man, watch any movies? I watched a show of movies this week. Yeah, you. Yeah. Well, you know that because you got the show notes. Uh, uh, hey, Bill, I, sometimes we get to talk and we're going to pretend like there aren't I took notes. a trip through Asian tulip land. Trip to, through, through, wait, what am I trying to say? I, I watched a lot of Japanese language films. Uh, yes. No, wait, except for what, The Raid Redemption is like Thai? Yeah. Lebanese or some shit? It is Thai. Whatever language that is, it's fucking hilarious because it's not like Chinese or any other normal Asian normal. But it's like, there's a lot of like, it sounds like like the brake beating when they're talking. Whatever the hell, if it is Thai. I thought it was like Indonesian or something. I could be. Um, I'm terrible. But uh, yeah, The Raid Redemption. Everyone fucking loves that movie. Uh, For people in the audience who don't know, I didn't hear about this movie until last week because everyone was flipping out about it because I guess it just came out on home video officially on like this week Well, a lot of nerds were flipping out when it came out in theaters because it was a very enjoyable film. So I never heard about it when it came out in theaters. So anyway, The Raid Redemption, explain it to me. You saw it? Raid Redemption is about, there's a, a apartment building that is held firmly by this one drug cartel. Yeah. And everyone in it is either an agent of or beholden to this drug cartel. And this police agency, or this this squ- elite squad of... It's like a SWAT team. Of yeah. The SWAT team is sent in to... I, I kept confusing it with it, the movie Elite Squad, which I think is Brazilian, actually. <laughs> so shame on me. Anyway, no. um, this elite squad of uh, squ- uh, SWAT types um, go into it to infiltrate it and take down the leader. Yeah, there's told take out this crime guy yeah, yeah but things go terribly wrong it was so beautifully filmed and edited and so cohesively edited i am the older i get and the the tiny stupid sparing amount of editing that i've done i've become yeah. very aware of editing and the editing was so clear and coherent when i was watching the born legacy the whole time there were fight scenes where i could not the flow was so staggered, and granted, the Born movies are known for that. Well, the Born the whole... again with the Born entities, the uh, the Born entities. So the Born movies are, are like the one of the big movies yeah. franchises that really brought it, ushered in this era of incomprehensible action movie. Oh editing. Yeah. yeah, the whole time having just watched the Raid Redemption, I wanted the Raid Redemption guys to be filming and editing it. Yeah, I I didn't think I was I, I thought it was a fun. Movie. I had a good time watching it. I just didn't. I think it was too. Why over-hyped. did you take a di- giant dump on it on Twitter then? No, because I thought I think it actually. Is a bad movie, like the script, the like the the writing, the it's acting. A, it's a movie about a dude who punches his way through an apartment building of people. Bill, I just I think I've seen too many goddamn Asian action movies in my I life. Will, I will. Where like that. everything, like that movie is super fucking cliche. Where it's a guy, 
he's a cop, he's got to go after somebody, it turns out his brother's involved, and his brother's a bad guy, and there's all spoilers for the Raid Redemption, and uh, you're supposed to care way too much about the situation, even though, like, it's fucking, if you've seen a John Woo movie, you've even seen this a thousand fucking times, but no, the I have not, and so like, the production values, like, with, like, there's a scene where the cops are kind of, like, trying to sneak up on the bad guys, they're kind of sh- trying to sneak into this apartment building, yeah. and I, like, the way it was shot and everything like that, just, I felt like I could almost feel, like, the, like, the people in the neighborhood just kind of, like, hanging out watching them filming it, and because, like, the SWAT team armor is kind of chintzy, and it doesn't really feel they like got no real... money. I know, it's, it's, it's an Indonesian SWAT team. The guy who played but... the lead SWAT guy, he was beautiful in the most interesting way. He had great ears. The kind oh, of the older guy? No, no, not no, the older the, guy, but... The, the young buck. Wait, the young, the main character? Yes. Oh, okay, because... Spoilers, not yes, many people make yes, it to the I end know. of this movie. Yeah. Uh, there was a one. I thought that I thought the guy who was going to be the main character turns out not to be the main character. No. Yeah, I was actually really disappointed in that because I really liked but that the guy. guy who makes him not be the main character. Uh, yes. Spoilers, he gets killed. The guy who I'm thinking about, who's not the main character. Uh, that guy who ends up kind of like them being uh, the major uh, badass kung fu bad guy for the like second half of the movie. He's yeah. awesome, kind of a rat yeah. face, kind of like little blonde hair guy. He was great. I want to see more movies with that guy. Yeah. Well, he and actual protagonist dude where it did a lot of the stunt choreography. Oh, I could see that. No, yeah. but like, yeah, no, the filming and the editing and everything, the, the fights are good, which is good because the movie is like 75% just fight scenes. Yeah. Uh, both, uh, well, it starts off, you think it's going to be more of like a, yeah, more like a John Woo, like yeah. gunfight movie. But the, the excuses they can come up with as to why everyone loses their guns. Yeah, it's and pretty every, great. For every scene, so it turns into a kung fu fight is, is pretty amusing. But no, I didn't think it was... I, I did think the writing and directing and the acting was terrible, but it was just derivative, but I still have fun watching it. So I that's it not was like... Beautiful. It was beautiful, and I had a good time. Beautiful. Oh, you know, the other thing that spoiled me on it, too, is I finally got around to watching 13 Assassins this week, yeah. which that, above everything else, spoiled the fuck out of The Raid Redemption. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, 13 Assassins is a movie by Takashi Miike. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's famous because he's done, like, Ishii the Killer. Yeah. Is it Ishii? Ishin the Killer? I can't remember. Uh, this is the first of this guy's movies I've seen. He, I guess he just directed the uh, the live-action Phoenix Wright movie in yeah. Japan. He's known for not only doing, like, fucked-up uh, bloody action movies, but also doing, like, kids' comedies and, co- like, really weird shit. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, this is this guy's attempt to uh, essentially remake uh, The Seven Samurai. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen The Seven, uh, Seven yeah. Samurai? It, it is almost like a beat-for-beat remake of The Seven Samurai, uh, except um, the bad guy's a little bit different. It's a lot shorter. And I was about like, to say, I'm about to say a douchey thing. The only way you can improve it is make it an hour shorter. Yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's color. <laughs> that also Which helps. It. But no, 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 <laughs> no it, it's, 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 the, the whole first half of the movie, it's only two hours long. First half is just set up for the major fight scene. Yeah. And the major fight scene is the yeah. whole second hour of the movie. Oh, yeah? Where it's all 13 warriors versus 200 soldiers. Every time you say 13th assassin, I always confuse it in my brain. What was that terrible... Ghosts? What was the terrible movie with, like, Antonio Banderas? Was what? it called, like, the 13th Warrior or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah! No, but this is different. I know, and I know it's totally different, but in my brain, I always blend Oh, that was, like, two. ten years ago! I know. Was it, like, some medieval kind of Beowulf? I think it's kind of Beowulf, shit? but he's, like, um, he's not a moor. Yeah, it was, like, the 13th Warrior. Yeah. This is a different... <laughs> it's a different movie. There's already. almost twice as... It's it's like that, except they've got Ninja Pants, and it's kind of like Seven Samurai. <laughs> Ninja Pants. But, uh... No! It's, 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 I was actually honestly surprised at how fucking gorgeous it is. You say, uh, mm-hmm. uh the fight, it's really bloody, it's super violent. Yeah. It's not any more necessarily violent than The Raid right. Redemption. You yeah. should check it out. It's on, I would, I would on like Netflix. To. Yeah. It is one of the prettiest movies I've seen in a while, because I'm just really surprised at how, 
uh, for a, a movie director who's known for his like really how bloody and disgusting and violent uh, his movies are. So this mm-hmm. Takashi Miike, it's that's it's one of the prettiest samurai movies I've ever seen hmm. before, and it just like I don't know where the hell they filmed it, but it's just like, got really crazy. Just the photography is good, the settings are great, the costumes are are awesome. Even though it's a bunch of samurais hanging out, there's a bunch of fun characters. It's not just a bunch of stoic old guys going, "We must destroy them at sunset." Yeah, it's actually there's there's fun and amusing characters, and actually there's this one little story twist in the last thirty seconds of the movie that. Totally sold me on the rest of the movie. Where I was like, yeah. "That is stupid," but I that, that yeah. made, made the movie go from "I like this movie" to "Oh, this is an awesome movie." Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody, but yeah, Thirteen Assassins. It's free on Netflix, instant streaming. If you're in the states, yeah. If you're not, <laughs> <laughs> move to Japan. Uh, but no, that was good. Um, what was the last other thing I said? Um, oh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Dreams of Sushi. Mm-hmm. I keep on thinking of the joke. I want John Connery to direct a movie. About a whorehouse and call it Jiro Dreams of Pushy. <laughs> Jiro Dreams of Sushi is a documentary about this. It's a real life thing. Uh-huh. As opposed to the documentaries about cartoon characters. Yes. Which that was Which we'll get to rabbit. in a moment. That's right, Bill. True instance of, of, of anti-cartoonism <laughs> in early Hollywood. Fuck those tunes. Um... Jiro Jiro's Sushi is, yeah, a documentary about this, like, 85-year-old guy who's been making sushi ever since, like, he was, like, 15. He's been mm-hmm. doing it for, like, 70 years. And uh, he's been doing it since before the outbreak of World War II. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's uh, supposedly one of the top sushi chefs on the whole planet, uh, except his restaurant is in a little tiny subway in Japan. Or it's a little tiny, like, almost not even, like, a shop. It's almost, like, right next to the bathrooms in the subway yeah. station in Tokyo. Wow. And, except, yeah, his... Uh, do you know anything about the Michelin ratings for restaurants? I'm um, mm-hmm. just I've I've heard this before uh talking when when I've been reading about foodie stuff, but there's this whole crazy global ratings that the Michelin tire company, they have a guide really? that they like this Michelin tire company, their guide that they've been publishing for 100 years is the like litmus test for huh. like the like what, however many stars, if they give you a star for your restaurant, is yeah. kind of like that's how everyone judges each other on the face of the planet. Huh. And so they talk about how um, this this Jiro guy, he got his stars, and it's amazing because he trained his son so well that his son has gotten, he's got his own two-star restaurant and all this shit like that. Two-star doesn't sound like it's good, but on the scale of this thing, like, they, just getting yeah. one star, I suppose yeah. you can get one star, you can die happy for the rest of life. You get two stars, you're like, oh shit. Three stars, you're like fucking walking on heaven. But no, uh, this Jiro uh, Dreams Sushi uh, documentary, it's only like an hour and a half long, so it's not super mm-hmm. long-winded or anything like that. Man, I fucking hate sushi. Do you like sushi? I am not a big fish person, but yeah, I'm coming either. around to the sushi. I'm uh, I fucking hate sushi. And even though I'm watching this documentary... It's, it's like a, anything else. It depends on what you get. The photography is so nice that you're just kind of watching him make a sushi, and you're yeah. just like, man, it looks good. And he's yeah. talking, you know, they're talking about the preparation of the sushi. Well-prepared food makes uh, you want to eat it, even if you don't like it. Yeah, that. even when they're, uh, like, doing the thing where... Man, I've seen this in Iron Chef. They do this, too, where, like, in order to prepare a live eel, they'll just take a live eel, put it on a uh, wooden cutting board, and just nail a, uh, a nail, a spike right through its head. Yeah. And then just gut it alive. Yeah. And you get to see that, and even then I'm like, man, it's fucked up, but, like, that looks so good. <laughs> But yeah, no, Jiro Dreams of Sushi is really nice, and it's 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 great to see. Uh, you think this Jiro guy would be an asshole, mm-hmm. where he's going to be like some kind of like crazy like super totalitarian? You know, there's always a stereotype of older Japanese guys, especially yeah. if they're if they're in charge of anything, being like oh, they're artistic. Yeah, and this guy, you see, he's 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 like you know he has this like 50 year old son who's been doing this all his all his life too, 
and he has them passed off his restaurant, so they kind of that that becomes kind of a little bit of a subplot in the movie and stuff. But the Jiro guy seems like a kind of a cute little old man. Yeah. And he talks about like how he hangs out like one of his his favorite other chefs or like French chefs and stuff like that. He's not totally like oh uh, sushi chef over Alice or anything like that. He seems yeah. like no, oh, no, it's a good movie. It's, it's very adorable. cute and it's super pretty. It's nicely shot. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's not that very long. It's uh, it, I think that just came out on DVD like last week. Mm-hmm. Although you can get like, you can rent it for iTunes for for like two or three bucks or something yeah. like that too. I'm thinking about buying the Blu-ray of all things just because it's so pretty. Yeah, I want to watch it forever. It's party. Yeah. Oh, and Jaws came out on Blu-ray this week too. Jaws. I haven't watched it yet because I don't want to go through the effort of setting up my PlayStation. <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow because like I yeah. it was gonna take me a day to download all the updates for my PlayStation yep. Three. You should and do by the time that tonight, was done. Though. You were going to show up here to record. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was going to have to disconnect everything anyway, so I'll just do that tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's supposedly, that supposedly looks really good. It's gorgeous, Jaws. Too. I can only imagine it's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, well, I just, you didn't see Jaws for the first time until last year. I showed mm-hmm. it to you. Yeah. What did you think? I enjoyed it. For, However, it's one of those movies. a 30-year-old movie, though? It's one of those movies that is so constantly alluded to yeah. and scenes from it are so iconic that I have seen it iterated so many times that it totally did not have the impact that it might have otherwise. Yeah. Because those characters are now archetypes, yeah, and like those moments exactly yeah. are like Citizen Kane or It's a Wonderful Life. I watched It's a Wonderful Life for the first time like a year or two ago, and I could Did not. Did I make you watch that? Who'd you watch that with? Um, I can't remember. Was that that blows my else. mind because you you love hokey stuff. You, you love, love dumb shit. <laughs> no, no, but no, like my it's not it's an it's a deep and it's unhappy. kind of depressing. Yeah, exactly. Well, do you know why it's become a Christmas movie? Because it's depressing. No, it actually bombed when it came out. With yeah, Pan I know when it, it was, came out. Yeah. Went into public domain. And oh, so that's yeah. On the holidays it was a cheap like it was free so they could air it as many times they wanted to to fill time yeah. during the holidays when no one was watching TV and so it became a Christmas classic. Also like a Christmas story was on a hit when that was out in first theaters yeah. too. Like two people saw that in theaters. Did you hear that a Christmas story 2 is coming out on Blu-ray? Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Well, they've uh, they've made other Christmas story movies where yeah. they've taken those characters and kind of like there's there's one like about that characters like summer vacation and shit. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, that's uh, other than that, like watching a shitload of Adventure Time. I finally finished off the second season of Adventure Time and then the third season. Yeah. Uh, today uh, today with Dylan, I just finished off the gender swapping episode. That's cute. That was very goddamn cute. Yeah. And man, I'm really surprised that like this whole mushroom war thing in Adventure Time is an actual real thing. Yeah. Have you gotten to the one that's about um Marceline? backstory no there well there's one where uh finn goes into her memories yes that's what yeah that's about. the one yeah, yeah you first see that she was actually a kid while yeah. the, this nuclear war was going on a thousand yeah. years ago and i was like oh shit they're not but she's not around. a vampire yet even though she's kind of gray and pointed and she's some yeah. kind of like little demon baby something or something like that but she hasn't been turned into a vampire, vampire don't yet. spend too much time thinking about the canon of adventure time but yes no but i'm surprised there's enough like even justification to even think about the canon because yeah. you think adventure time it's, it seems like a stupid stoner comedy for kids and no, it's actually, well, I've seen other people talk about, like, with other cartoons, like, oh, the reason in Scooby-Doo, they're all, you know, they're all actually ghosts themselves and they're hunting other, you know, there's all yeah. these urban legends about, like, yeah. the real meaning of this show. And uh, the first couple, like, the first uh, season of watching Adventure Time, sometimes you'd show stuff buried in the dirt and you'd steal, like, a car or something like yeah. that. And, and, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. It almost makes it, makes it seem like this show's, like, post-apocalyptic or something like that. Yeah. And actually seeing more references, like, keep on popping yep. up. Like, every time anyone goes underground, it is, like, corpses of, like, our people from our civilization. Yeah. It's, it's, like, almost like Fallout type shit, where I'm yeah. like, damn, that's actually pretty dark and pretty cool. Yeah. And little kids aren't really going to pick up on that yeah. too much. But, yeah, this, yeah, that mushroom, the mushroom war movie. episode, that with the, with the... I forgot what is it memory of a memory that's the name of the episode mm-hmm. yeah where finn goes into marceline's memories and you get to see yeah. the, what the world was like before it got nuked and i was like shit 
Yeah, because you actually, there's a point where she's like walking through a park and you get to see the city in the background just burning. Yeah, it's on fire. So I was like, that was cool, man. The more I keep on watching Adventure Time, the more I keep on getting into it. I'm I glad I've been slowly parsing it, parceling it out for myself. Bemo Noir finally came up oh. on Netflix this week, which is great. I've watched it twice now. It makes me so happy. And also with it on iTunes, at least, was released King Worm, which was the first episode where I think um, main storyboards were done by our bro, Steve Wolford. Yeah. It's got terrible reviews, though. It's an intense episode. Is it? Yeah, because I heard there was a lot of, like, crazy shit without well, much of a plot. It's one of those things where you, you described it as a stoner show, and I'm like, that's not a stoner, and I thought of the King that Worm. Is, that's like, what I've heard people say. That was a weird stoner episode. Supposedly, so. whatever crazy shit happens in it is fucking intense, but there's not much It's all. It's plot. a dream. Um, it's a dream sequence. Is that really it's a dream episode? Um, well, this is the other thing. Every time I keep on trying to show Adventure Time to people, I end up picking terrible episodes. Yeah. People look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. And uh, Andy over, we were watching Breaking Bad this week, and I was like, oh yeah, he, he, he was looking at my iTunes, and he's like, oh yeah, that Adventure Time cartoon, that looks kind of cool. And I was like, oh yeah, we'll fire up the latest episode. Having to be Bimo Noir. Because I was like, oh man, you'll love it, because like, Andy, you're into Dungeons and Dragons and shit. And this whole show is essentially just two kids like living in a Dungeons and Dragons world where they're just fighting monsters yeah. with swords all the time. And it's Bimo Noir! Bimo Noir it's a little game boy! <laughs> Pretending to solve a murder mystery in a house where it's like <laughs> talking like inanimate objects and cats. <laughs> and he's like, this is I cool, love the man. voice of Bimo. The voice of Bimo just makes me laugh so hard. God, I just love Bimo got her uh, her own episode. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But we didn't even get to the end of it. I need to, I still need to finish it, but I do love the fact that like it's Bimo projecting her own bullshit onto all the That's other right. like little You should call Bimo he. I should call Bimo her. That's how it works. Oh, is that how it is? I read the Wikipedia article. On Bimo, <laughs> and that's how it was. Well, explained. technically, Bimo's not into boys. Yeah. Well, no, no, boy, Bimo has self-identified as a boy. Oh, really? But they have pointed out that boys call Bimo he, and Princess Buttercup, Buttercup calls Bimo well, she. What's gonna happen when uh, Neptor and Bimo date? Then there's gonna be some kind of gender line draw. Because ne- Neptor is specifically not they're robosexuals, Bill. Oh, this is true. Well, we'll have to season five. That'll be episode. Boom. Uh, Steve Wolfart, if you're listening, I'm just saying. Uh, Fuck it with the Fiona and Kate stuff. That's fine, too. Uh, gay guys need to get a job. Who's the guy who voiced the Prince Bubblegum? Oh, um, Doogie Howser. He's fine, but I want more uh, Neptor. Oh, am I? Is this my slash fic? Is this my is, is my ship boat that I'm on now? Is, is Neptor boat? and Bimo? Oh, man. Neptor needs love because, like, no one loves him. All he knows how no to throw pies. Neptor. I like how Bimo was like, Neptor's like, we should hang out. We're robots. And Neptor, and Bimo just goes, no, Neptor, I am not like you. Oh, yeah, you get to that part. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah, anyway. So what else happened? What else? What, what else? else? It's fine. What's going on? All right, friends, we're going to take a little break. Oh, that was it? That's all we need to talk about, Bill. It's okay. We're not oh, gonna do this. We're not gonna do oh, this. We're not gonna talk Bill. about Ian It's really okay. I did, Bill. It's okay. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and talk about the Geek Quicker review. And when I say I'm done, it means I'm done, okay? Alright? Alright? Okay. Okay.
Man, look at me not eating while we go into this next segment. I am so proud of you. If I can just keep you from hammering on the desks to bite You know what? I have intentionally gone back. If there's something happens when our, like, I don't know if it's, because it's not us hammering on the desk like this. There's something happening where the desk is something and it's carrying up. I've, I realize it's coming through your feed. What it is. But you're not, I don't know if it's you putting down, I don't know what it is. Anyway, why are we talking about this audio issues of the podcast <laughs> on the podcast? Hey everybody, it's time for the Geek Week in Review. What happened? What, what happened this week? Joe oh, the Olympics! That's what I was thinking about! That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. We can worry about that next week, because the Olympics end every week, right? Hey, Bill. I knew there was something hey, in the last Bill. segment I wanted What's to talk about. What's up with the Olympics Did you ending? watch the closing ceremonies? I did not. Did you get sad? I always get teary-eyed. All I know is that the Spice Girls appeared in it, and I was so excited I went and told... I worked during the closing ceremonies. So I went to every single one of my coworkers and said, like, you guys hear this? Spice Girls made it! Which just made all my coworkers mad at me because I'm younger by them all by about 10 years. Oh, yeah? And they don't want to know how old I was when the Spice Girls when were the on Spice the When the Spice Girls came out, one of the gymnast ladies, like, I guess maybe the gymnast team, the women's gymnast team, didn't know the Spice Girls were going to be there. And so when they revealed the Spice Girls, this, the, one of the gymnasts flipped the fuck out. Because <laughs> she's essentially standing next to the Spice Girls. Because she's like, oh, she would have been like you know seven when the Spice Girls girls were big. Yeah. Like was it twelve years ago? Yeah, dude. It's been a long fucking time. It's been a long time. I think nineteen ninety six. But yeah, no Olympic closing ceremonies. It was kind of makes me bummed because the yeah. Olympics. The Olympics are over, motherfucker. Yeah, I know the Paralympics are coming up soon, but it's not the same thing. That's right, Bill. I can't project myself being having one of those perfect bodies. Did you drink both Jack and Cokes? No, this one's not open yet. Uh, do you want the? I can open up the other one. I was gonna do it on the air. I can do it quietly beneath Man, the- so I did a, a health, what was it, um, my work had a know your numbers thing. So when they took your blood pressure. Oh, you have to, and, is mandatory? Well, you, you you could do it, and if you did it, then you got, um, you pay less for your health insurance. No, that's a good idea. So, and it's just like an awareness thing. It's not reported to anyone. It's all anonymous. Yeah. It's either you did it or you didn't. And if you do it, then you get a benefit. Is are the results just confidential to you? They're yeah. not handed. Okay. Yeah. I don't have diabetes. I'm very excited about Yay! that. Yay! But there was a um, a survey to fill out, and I apologize, dear listeners. Hey Bill, do me a favor and edit out this like ten seconds. I know you're not going to. You're going to keep them in. Baby needs her milk. As I'm mortified opening this can and spending as much time. You're celebrating on it. being healthy. That's right. Just... Well, here's the thing. So you had to fill out the survey about your um, lifestyle choices. Oh no. And one of the questions I was trying not to do that because it hit the desk. And hit the microphone. <laughs> anyway, you had to fill out these lifestyle questions, and one of them was how much alcohol do you drink during a week? And I'm very. We've talked about this in the past. I'm very aware of what alcohol I consume because I'm always afraid of the alcoholism that gallops in my family. Yeah. I look at the survey, the answers were is Scantron. So you fill out what you want, right? The answers were at first was zero, no alcohol. Yeah. The next one was one to seven. Seven what? Seven drinks. Beers? Yeah. Seven alcoholic beverages. They define how much is an alcoholic beverage. And like the most like the, the So goes, a six goes pack up, or under is okay. Well like, it week. goes up to forty like forty five drinks a week. Like, that is the, the topmost echelon. And I'm just sitting here like, I'm not an alcoholic. Well, you have I don't got to worry a, about it. You would have to have a drink, like, every other hour of your waking day to No. Drink. I mean, I always forget when people go out to bars, they get drunk. Like, I'll go to a bar, I'll buy a drink, because I'm cheap. How much does it take for a normal person to get drunk? Like, 10 drinks? It depends. Like, like no. a hard alcohol, not just Well, beers. every time I hear about people, like, I'll, I have a co-worker oh. who... No, Bill, please. Keep burping. Keep I'm burping, burping words. In my hand. Go ahead. Um, I have a coworker who is much younger than I am. She's like 22. And she yeah. and her boyfriend go out and get shit-faced so, every night. So, so lush. Every night. 
And she was telling me about one night they went out and they had like, you know, five or six drinks a piece. And all I could think of is A, Jesus well, Christ, your liver. When you're younger. B, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of money. I'm too cheap to be drinking. drinking. Depending on where Are they go, like drinking a video game a night? Is that what it is? Oh, I don't know. Stuff. What just I, I want to talk about the 3DS coming out this weekend. <laughs> Bill's the fat person's things. 3DS coming out. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Anyway, there's I'll nothing to say up. other than there's new 3DS. In well, yeah, so you got your numbers and your uh, work mostly, are a fucking alchemist. Mostly, just like, I could not believe that that was the range. Then the range, like, there were six What'd you possible answers. Like, how many drinks do you a week One to seven a week. Yeah, okay, well, then fine. It was, it was great, though, because it totally made me think... It's like, I can approach this one of two ways. A, I don't have to really worry about being an alcoholic, at least at this moment in my life. Yeah. And B, I need to worry about the bulk of Americans being <laughs> alcoholics. If, like, a range that they ask, my wife made the joke, she was like, is there one of these options my blood is completely alcohol? Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. How flammable are your innards? Yeah. yeah. If you burp, can you light your house with it? Anyway. Bill, tell me about this 3DS. XL. It's a 3DS. And it's big. I already own one. Oh, did you get one? Where did you find up get, wind up getting one? Because the Amazon wasn't pre-ordering them, right? It's a $200 video game system. I own one. I need another. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Help me. Build Nintendo new. has its claws in my heart. <laughs> and I should just give you my debit card right now. And you're not allowed to give it back to me until next week after yep. the 3DS is already out. Oh, did you not No, it? No, it comes out on Sunday. Okay. So I am... Because I know you were saying, were you able to pre-order it on Amazon? No! Amazon.com is not... Uh, well, I, I until I checked up online, I didn't realize Amazon does not stock Nintendo hardware anymore. Really? Something happened a year ago where... Uh, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a little mm -hmm. bit of a kerfuffle last summer where... Uh, Amazon pulled the, 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 uh, not only the 3DS, but, like, DSs in general, I guess, from the Amazon shop. Huh. And at least, uh, there was, like, a couple weeks there where they were just not stocking any Nintendo hardware. And I guess, like, a, like, two weeks later, they came back, and now Amazon itself does not sell any Nintendo hardware. It's all through mm. third-party vendors. Interesting. Which you can't place a pre-order on something if it's through a third-party vendor. It can right. only be through Amazon itself. Right. So ten And also, third-party vendors can, uh, put any price they want on stuff. Yeah. So right now, technically, you could buy... Uh, uh, 3ds XL, uh, for like like two hundred eighty dollars, which mm. in the market price is two hundred dollars yeah. from a third party vendor on Amazon, and uh, well, I do kind of need a new the uh, 3ds because my 3ds uh, the first one I got always had dead pixel, and also I oh a dead pixel a dead pixel which I only notice when there's a totally a black screen. Uh -huh. Well, also I killed the left bumper button playing. Okay, uh, that's that's actually valid. I will give you that one. Did you like? Well, you never really saw the DSi XL. How much nicer that is. It than is normal. nicer. It is. No, it is. It, it's Nintendo's nicest handheld ever. It's two hundred dollars. Yes. Two hundred and fifty will get me a PS Vita, which is actually like a thing. Does shit. <laughs> But Beyond there's nothing play to play on it. There's more. At least there's more to play on a 3DS than there is a Vita right now. Did you see it? Like Sony had a crazy press conference. Well, yeah. So much. I guess this is kind of part of the Geek Week interview they, where they unveiled like I guess the Media Molecule stuff. guys, the yeah. big little planet guys, have some kind. Is it a platformer that looks really pretty? Mm -hmm. I don't pay attention to Sony news these days, but it sounded like everyone was really happy about the stuff they showed off at Gamescom. I swear to God, I'm gonna. I I I, I can't. You'll get I'm a Vita. Get one for for the Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, on the other hand, I'm like, I am buying a house. Do I need a $250 portable console that I'll never use? It's up to what me else and an Assassin's Creed device. Spend my, do you know how much money I have to spend on my house? It's at this point where you're like, you know what? I'm spending money. I might as well take a money. You know. I, you're buying your I house. I got to buy a fridge, a washer and dryer, a There's new dining no room table. Here? They're taking their fridge with them. Which, by the way, who the fuck takes Oh, they're taking your fridge at the new fridge. place because you were talking. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. 
Well, no, the then you get a good fridge. Their house the fridge Joshin taking... has upstairs. It's fucking fantastic. I, I am a child. We're looking at these fridges. I'm like, okay, this one's $500. This one's $600. You can get a tech fridge. I was looking at a fridge, and I, it has crushed ice. Totally going to pay, like, ungodly amount of money yeah. just to get crushed ice. I mean, you pretend ice. you're someone's grandma. It's only people with crushed ice are grandmas. <laughs> grandmas and Annie. Yeah, that's God. it. But yeah, no. So that comes out Sunday, um, because you can't pre-order it uh, on Amazon, and I sure as fuck ain't going to GameStop to get anything. Hell fuck no. GameStop. I'm probably gonna go to Fred Meyer's at seven o'clock in the morning on Sunday to pick up to see if they have any in stock. Yeah. Oh, also the new Super Mario games comes out. So. Oh yeah. That's exciting for you. I'm very excited for you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, actually, you know what the terrible thing is? If I'm trying to get this uh, the, the f- uh, f- uh, finished script for the Nintendo book done by Monday, uh, it means I'm going to go to the, wake up at seven, like well, six o'clock in the morning to get to the store by seven to pick up this 3DS, come home because I need to get the script done that day. Well, that'll I'm be gonna, your reward. That, exactly. So that's what it's going to be. So who, who, who am I to judge myself? That's right. Bill. It all makes sense in the end. Jesus Christ, Bill. So that's the story by 3DS. Which color should I get, red or blue? What do you think is better? Red. I have to think about these things. Red. Red. Yeah, okay. I was thinking red because it, like, it's red and black. It kind of looks like the Virtual Boy. Yes. Which is Nintendo's other failed also, 3D Mario system. Mario colors. That's true. You get, you get Mario colors. Yeah. Um, did you read... So speaking of Amazon, Slate had a really interesting article this week about... Um, Amazon had been pushing against having to charge people taxes in states. I saw something about this, yeah. Well, so, like, for example, shipping items to California, traditionally you've not had to pay taxes for an Amazon order because they very pointedly choose distribution centers in states where there are, you know, no taxes. Because the way it works now is that you have to, like, for example, when my company opened a store in California, we then had to charge taxes on orders shipped to California because we had a presence in California. Yeah. So Amazon had been going to all these lengths to prevent from having to charge sales tax because that was one of the advantages of Amazon. Abruptly, like a year ago, Amazon stopped fighting that fight and started opening huge distribution centers in these states where they prior to then had not. Like they're going to open something like three distribution centers in in California, one right in the Bay Area. They're going to hire something like a thousand people for these things. Washington. And they think Amazon is gearing up for same day shipping. Same day shipping. To make next day shipping the norm and same day shipping an option. Like you order it in the morning, it's there when you get home at the end of the workday. Isn't it awesome? That is awesome. <laughs> then, then they'll probably come up with like a super prime. Oh yeah, retailers have to be oh shit shriveling their balls. I just right realized now. my prime membership is due like maybe like now. That's oh, a ninety dollars I can like, charge for. Yeah, watch out, Bill. Um, We're, I'm gonna keep. Mama's gonna keep talking. Amazon's fucking Bill. evil though, right? Well, it's it is if you're a retailer. If you're a consumer, it's a blessing. If you're a retailer, no, as a consumer, especially me who buys expensive video games, Amazon's the shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't go to. Because pretty much, it, when you are ga- when you are a gaming nerd and you want games day of, your options are GameStop or Amazon. Yeah. Like really, like, unless I'm you sure... want Nintendo stuff, because Nintendo releases all of their stuff on Sundays inexplicably. Yeah. Well, Nintendo no a bunch of weirdos. You can't deliver shit on Sundays. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it's uh, they think that Amazon is gearing up like that. That will oh, be their next Oh, September sixth. That's when my Prime membership runs out. Anyway, so I just had to double check that because yeah. like I can't afford Prime to have ninety bucks. Just in the... No, Prime is fantastic. But yeah, it's a big chunk of money to come. Oh, well, that's the terrible thing is I I definitely get my ninety dollars worth oh, with yeah. all my free like release day shipping, yeah. two day shipping, all that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, same day shipping for Amazon. Retailers have to be shitting themselves. Because as it is, it's like, well, That's actually, you know, when you go to the store, then you get it immediately. But if I place the order in the morning, I get it immediately. That's pretty day. bad, like, when you're like, you know, like, I don't know if I can wait two days to get my DVD that I could easily live the rest of my life yeah. without actually seeing. But what if I have it, like, by, like, noon tonight? Yeah. Oh, man. That's, Speaking of shipping, insidious. so I had pre-ordered my Tali, and, uh, my Tali um, uh, Voss Normandy action figure, yeah. um, like umpteen years ago. <laughs> it feels like from the Bioware it, shop. Well, I I can't. I pre-ordered it from one place, and then they they jerked me. Oh, I actually pre-ordered it through a company, through a third-party vendor on Amazon. Then Amazon changed its rules on pre-orders. Yeah. So that well, maybe I can't do pre-orders. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. You can make a place an order if it's going to ship within the next thirty days. So to do this pre-order, where the it is clear the manufacturer because manufacturing sucks balls and never going to involve manufacturing. Yeah. The manufacturer kept pushing out the release date, not the vendor, the manufacturer that's making it. Yeah. So these poor vendors are had to like, well, it'll ship in April. Oh no! Well, you now we have to cancel your order and you have to re-enter it because we don't want to fuck up with Amazon's thing. Yeah. I went through that song and dance three times, canceling and re-entering. When finally the, the fourth time they asked me to do it, I was like, "Fuck you!" I found another place to order it online. Out of the blue the other day, like, your order is shipped. But it's shipping through the FedEx, and FedEx does not do approximate delivery dates. So I'm just staring so at So sometime like, in the next month, you're going to have Tali Voss Normandy well, show and I'm going to move, stuff. and FedEx oh, will do shit. So we'll see. Tali will always find her way, right? Is this the action figure? Is this where she got big tits? No, I oh, did that not order was... the Japanese one. I ordered the terrible DC Direct one. Oh no! It was it was uh, what's her face? Blue chick with it was, the big you're thinking tits. Of, you're that thinking was the of, Japanese um, action, like Liara. Not, yeah, Liara, my yeah. space wife. Yes. I mean, she's got nice boobs anyway. I don't However, see why you have to make you them see, bigger. However, did you see that uh, that same company did reveal a, a femshep statue? It is actually kind of badass. The same one that did Liara. Yeah. They, I will actually probably buy this. Is it like hundred dollars or something? Oh, it's probably gonna be like. Oh, do you see uh, Dark Horses? You don't care about this. They uh, this also dipping into the uh, Geek Week uh, interview. Uh, Dark Horse is publishing uh, Hyrule Historia. Explain to me what Hyrule Historia uh, is. Hyrule Historia is essentially just a, a Legend of Zelda art book for the entire series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also just has a, like a, a little smattering of behind-the-scenes inf- information from like Shigeru Miyamoto and those guys. Yeah. Just about the making of it. And more importantly, there's a giant timeline that actually explains how all the games fit together. Oh, seriously? Which fucked up, which was different than a lot of people thought it was, so yeah. it like, blew a lot of people's minds when the Japanese version came out last year. Yeah. And so it was so text-heavy and stuff like that, it just seemed like this was going to be something that we were never going to see in the states because yeah, you know, Japan gets a undertaking. yeah Japan gets a ton of books uh, that we never get in the states. But uh, no, it turns out yeah, Dark Horse is uh, they just unveiled this week. Dark Horse is going to publish that goddamn thing here in the states in winter. So that's kind of cool. Dark Horse. And it's going to have like you know it's it's got like you know concept artwork from like the first Zelda game and that's things like that. Rad. Which I'll buy it just for that. Again with Amazon, like I think the suggested retail price is like forty bucks. You can get it on Amazon right now for pre-order for like twenty bucks. Amazon's fucking evil. And Amazon. Evil. Well, that's got to be part of the reason why they don't carry Nintendo stuff. I'm sure, like, their margins. Nintendo I wonder if something happened are... between Amazon and Nintendo or something like that. Yeah. yeah so. Anyway, let's and... go on to Bill's Geek Week and review notes. Um, Joe Kubert died. Boo. I've never read a Joe Kubert ass. comic, but I know Steve Lieber loved him. Ass. Well, uh, Steve Lieber went to the Joe Kubert school. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he passed. Big loss for, for comics. Mm. Um, DC Comics released a press release 
saying, we're so sad to see this giant go, but at least one of his last works was Before Watchmen, available on stands right now. Supposedly, I guess they changed it later on that afternoon, but that was such a fucking noxious thing to do. They essentially, they they turned their obituary for this guy into a press release about, yes, on newsstands now. Blah, blah, blah. Joe Kubert. Well, you know, the whole thing with the Before Watchmen has just been this kerfuffle of not respecting creators. And just kicking dirt in the dude's face about... Well, it just kind of underlines, like, bold faces and underlines every point that everyone has made about Before Watchmen. Yeah, take your $3.99 and mail it to Kubert's widow or kid or something like that. Jesus Christ. Isn't this kid an artist? Because I thought, like, I thought Kubert was, like, inking his son's pencils on that book. So, before Watchmen killed Joe Kubert. <laughs> and then kicked dirt in his face. That's, that's the right. official Geek Week. That's our, that's our breaking news report right now. That's right. Fuck. So, I added this note to Bill's list. How mad will the internet be in learning that they gave Penny Arcade over $500,000 just to remove two banner ads? For a while there, it didn't even seem like they're going to get two ads. It was just yeah. going to be the top banner ad at the yeah. very top of the site. So, y'all All are listening at home. Penny Arcade home. did the Kickstarter to remove advertising for Penny Arcade. And their goal was to, was to raise $250,000, which would remove one banner ad from their main which page. Which didn't know who gives a shit. Well, the thing is, is that the way it was posed was as a remove the advertising from Penny Arcade. And their loftier goals was, well, we'll have, like, you know, all ad-free. And having it ad-free means we can have more robust RSS feeds, which means we can do Creative Commons licensing on all our comics and all yeah. this. But to make enough money... To like operate their what sixteen man company, they'd have to raise. They had, um, was uh, it a million and a half. Robert Koo said a million and a half would barely do it, but they would be operating like at less than they normally do. And they so, gotta find, if this is a problem for them, they gotta find another way to run that fucking company. Well, my thing is, is that what's really frustrating about this whole process is that they did find a way to operate this company. It's called the Ad Model. And it worked fine. And yeah. even now, they raised all this money, but they still have to have ads. They're going to be ads. Oh, and more, they got rid of page. like two ads at the most, yeah. and it's granted it is their their landing page ads. And I'm sure this, I'm sure they're still going to have to end up doing ads for like you know they're going to have to do their full like eight page ads for Assassin's Creed Four next year, well, and like all their other custom yeah. like ad ad artwork they do for. Where it's yeah. just like, hey, great, it's a Penny Arcade strip, but it's still an advertisement that they're wasting time Yeah, they're on. Penny Arcade presents. No, I, I hate to sound angry like this, but, like, I like the Penny Arcade guys. But they're good eggs. All this kerfuffle over all this shit, and they got rid of two fucking banner ads. All the, Like, yeah. everyone kicking and screaming when this was unveiled a month ago. Yeah. And I thought I thought for sure they had at least raised a hell of a lot more. I mean, it's funny that, like, they, they, they raised half a million dollars, and still you can kind of consider this a uh, Kickstarter uh, failure. Yeah. Because, like, the, the talk turned to where they were hoping to get all the ads removed from the site. Yeah. And the site suddenly becomes almost like, well, their stretch goals, yeah, go went all the way up to, like, a million and a half, yeah. two million. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they never even actually got anywhere close to that. Cray, cray. I just hope they don't do another Kickstarter next year. They are. They said they're going to. I know, but how... They said this they got a year to think about it. Fundraiser. Fucking take $5,000 of that to pay someone to create a fucking fundraising site. Don't do a goddamn Kickstarter every goddamn year. Why not? See, the, you, we talked about this before. Why are I you know. so mad at them using the Kickstarter model? Because there's, that's, they're not funding a specific project. and like They're running their website. Kickstarter, if you they've admitted Kickstarter... that they don't have the time or resources to really do anything. The whole Kickstarter model is based on you, you put throw down money, you get something in return. They were Eventually they did add things, A. And B, those, those things you get in return are only there to incentivize people to donate more. It is not necessarily a, I give you money, you give me 
things. But thing. that's what Kickstarter kind of. I know that is what that it's like, become. That is what the people's expectations have become of it. But that was not the intent. But of Kickstarter. The Kickstarter, uh, the Pity or K Kickstarter, made such a mockery of "We'll give you stuff." Where it's the just, incentives were deliberate. They, they were not well thought out, and no. they pissed off a lot of people. No. And just like I understand they where they're coming from because, yeah, they couldn't afford. You know, because the, the whole idea well, of this Kickstarter you, stuff is to free up time and money so yeah. they can do whatever they want. The if they were recent, giving away worthwhile things, then they're not spending the rest whole rest of the year. Yeah, the fulfilling. most recent Double Fine Adventure video yeah. I caught up on them the other day. They said that they of the money raised, they spent six hundred thousand dollars on rewards and fulfillment of those rewards. Yeah, which was what six, like of three million. And if, well, three million. You got to consider well, like a third of that got kicked taxes. out the taxes. So that's a quarter of what they raised, at yeah. least a quarter to like what yeah. a third, yeah, or something like that. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, that's what they. Well, that's a lot well, of I mean, people talk about successful kickstarters get kicked in the nuts because people yeah. don't anticipate how much time and money goes into fulfilling those rewards. And I was talking to someone who was Ugh. wanting to do a kickstarter, and I yeah. did. I I kind of could tell that he wasn't really grounded on. And I was like, you have to remember to cut us and plan a cut for taxes. And he looked me in the eye and said, you have to pay taxes on Kickstarter? Yeah. Well. It's almost like some people who do Kickstarters aren't business people. <laughs> nope, not at all. That's why all they, need, they all need to talk to George Rohawk. Yeah, exactly. God, they should clone that guy. Kickstarter yeah. should. And just send him out to every fucking person um, who starts a project. But anyway... So anyway, I don't feel... Like, this is not dancing on the grave of the Penny Arcade Kickstarter or, like, kicking dirt in those guys' faces like Joe Kubert. But it's still just kind of like, that was just a weird fiasco kind of yeah where all that all that work and energy yeah. for just two for banner two ads. ads and there's so that's only a fraction of the work they're ever gonna have to do for that site yeah in terms of ad stuff so it's crazy and you have to wonder as an advertiser how are you gonna feel that well you can have ads on our site but only secondary ads yeah because basically they took off the ads from their main pages well, people were wondering what was gonna go down because a lot of the a lot of the people who buy ad space a lot of the companies who buy ad space on penny arcade are people like who exhibit like a packs and yeah. stuff and you gotta wonder if that might strain uh Panera kids relationship with those, some of those companies yeah. and stuff too well i think so. at this point packs is so much its own entity that well i know but still it's a little kind of not not uh, not showing it packs is hurting yourself when it is like striking back at these douchebags won't like fun their main not page. for on live mur, mur, mur. oh on live shall we jump to on live might as well what on live laid off every single last employee today it's surprise it sounds like this was a surprise oh yeah because the so online it got leaked all... from an employee emailing yeah. all the media sites saying, "Hey, guess what? We just got a, a notice in, inside the company saying, go home, don't come back, we're yeah. closed.' Someone else will follow up with you. Yeah. So online being the um, service that where the premise was, you would be able to stream video games to your TV, to your iPad, to your Android, yeah. um, and like modern gen, like like your your Deus Ex, Human Revolutions, and like. You know, and two older games, and not have to worry about your hardware or anything like that because you're streaming it remotely off the, off the web. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they fired everybody today. And uh, well, this is breaking news. This happened just like two or two hours before we started recording. And uh, it's it sounds like the guy who owns OnLive may have fired everyone to lower overhead, yeah. so he can then turn around and. A couple hours after he fired everyone, he sold the company to somebody who was waiting to buy it. And now everyone's wondering if this is just a big fucking pyramid scheme or what. The only reason they even brought up the online stuff now is because online had actually had a huge presence at last year's Penny Arcade where yeah, they were handing they were out like hundreds of consoles. consoles. Yeah. And uh, I, for some reason, because they were doing that, I just assumed they were better off. Yeah. Well, it, I guess it really doesn't matter how well off they were if this guy was always planning to kind of like yeah, you undercut can have the money company this and way. still not make any money. 
Yeah, that's true. It's kind of the moral of a lot of corporations. So it's not like a lot of already, a lot of people are already accusing I don't know, who the fuck this founder is. Like I can't remember. I never really paid attention on life. The only time I gave it's a shit like, about on life, there was a moment where I almost scored a free one at Penny Arcade last year. On life but... is by definition not for people like you and me because people like yeah. you and me will always buy consoles. Yeah. The only time I was ever going to be interested in on live was when I could just use it in place of because we've talked in the past that you and I are both intimidated by the idea of buying gaming PCs yeah. because it requires so much work and knowledge. <laughs> This is the weekend. Valve needs to come out and say, hey guys, Steam Box coming next. Well, next it's week. We'll put it out now. God damn. Happen, oh, but man, I know. I'm live and you, uh, uh, what's the, uh, that Kickstarter console? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. They were doing so well together because <laughs> OnLive just announced a partnership with Ooh, yeah. Like a week ago. Because they, <laughs> presumably because they knew the, like, the guy knew the company was going to get, like, folded in oh, a yeah, week. Oh, yeah, sure. We'll work for it. And who yeah. thinks Ooh, yeah is going to be anything in a year? Yeah. What's well, Ben Kujera from the Penny Arcade Report? He did tweet. He said, Hey, everybody who owns an OnLive box, look at that. Bottle those feelings and save them for your Ooh, yeah box in 12 months. Yeah. Yep. If you ever have an Ouya box to look at. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's this week in pyramid schemes in the video game industry. Good times. Fuck. Anyway, the other big kerfuffle this week Whoa. was Borderlands 2. A designer for Borderlands 2 um, came out and had a conversation with um, a few different members of the gaming press. And was it Eurogamer spun it as, oh, he announced girlfriend mode. Well, he specifically said that. for like he's, He said he'd be, he, there would be a skill tree. For like, lack I'm, of a better term, they have been calling girlfriend mode during development. Which actually in the fin finished game is going to be called best friends forever mode. Yeah. 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 Which is cute. It's just a skill tree, though. It's not a mode. It's not like an easy setting. No, but I setting. like that. The fact that you go into the game and it's not just something saying, you play easy, here's stupid mode for you. I'm like, and why did everyone start flipping out because it got curled, got curled, uh, it got called, called girlfriend, girlfriend mode. mode. Yeah. And I was defending that and a lot of people are getting I pissed still, off at me. I still, I didn't, it's like, it's like, well, when I say niggardly, I don't mean he's black. <laughs> I just mean he's cheap, right? I'm just saying, I, I've had girlfriends myself. <laughs> Before I murdered them, <laughs> I put them in the crawl space. Uh, no, but no, I like I I I've I've had girlfriends myself who I've played games with, and they were like like their granddad was like you know playing fucking Mario Kart like twenty years ago. Uh, but like it would be like that's a real thing that some people will sit down like some girlfriends will sit down and say I wish there was a girlfriend. Bill? I'm not saying that they should label it girlfriend mode. It's just, and then also piss off all the girls I who get offended by that. My I played uh, I played Super Mario World with my mom. Why yeah. not call it mom mode, Bill? Yeah, you my dad do. would try to play Crash Racing with me, and he would fuck up. Why not call it dad mode? No, what you do? You just leave the name of the mode in a blank space. You type it in before your person starts playing. You say, you say, okay, Larry, you turn around. Just just look at the wall for a minute. Just <laughs> turn back to the screen. Larry, Larry mode. mode. Well, here's. <laughs> This, this is the basis of my counter. I mean, there are many reasons why I'm mad at it, but, but <laughs> one of them is like, what? Like, no, 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 sweetie. It's okay. There's a girlfriend mode. How is that going to be like, it's, no, 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 it's okay. It's girlfriend mode. It's for you. Some is that? Some girls would be No, 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 Bill. Bill, this is where, this is what drives me crazy. <laughs> Calling it girlfriend mode means your girlfriend will want to play it. That is the argument that, that just makes my brain I've hurt. seen some girls sit down it with It says me. Phone. I'm going to do that. I've, I've oh, just fuck you. I'm, fuck not, both I'm just you saying this budget. is a legitimate real thing that happens. That people see that's my name and click that button. 
I was more amazed that people had only heard of the phrase girlfriend mode until this happened. Because the people had been calling, like, in, like, Mario Galaxy, there's a mode where you don't control uh, Mario, but you can, like, shoot at enemies that are attacking mm -hmm. Mario with, like, your, uh, with, you know, because you have the Wii mode, you can kind of use it as a wand to point at the screen. Yeah. And that was kind of, like, derisively called girlfriend mode by the media. Some of the same media folks were kind of flipping out, like, oh my god, how dare they call this girlfriend mode? Even though, you know, it's just kind of... I'm shocked. Shocked at this but it's instance of, of it's misogyny. Not, but then I call it girlfriend mode. That's the yeah. best thing. Then they just call it best friend's well, no, mode. It's, it's what was really annoying about all the journalism around it. Because the thing is, is that I didn't know about this until I saw Twitter freak out about it. Yeah. Because I saw well, that article. I was commenting on the Twitter freaking out. On I was article. I was. I had seen the article on Kotaku, yeah. and I had seen the article on Joystick. And they don't call it girlfriend mode in either of those. I had to Google girlfriend mode yeah, and no, find yeah. the Eurogamer article that in the headline calls it girlfriend mode. You know? It's just kind of an instance And you can of... tell even the developer guy was kind of like reticent to even call it that. Because yeah. he was saying for one of a better phrase, well, this yeah. is what I've been calling it. But here's what we're actually calling it in the retail release. And so it was kind of stupid. But I'm just saying, no, it's... I don't know. Anything that reaches out to people... Uh, it make games more inclusive that also uh, wildly offends the women already playing. <laughs> is You're down, down for Well, no, yeah. It's, but, uh, like, uh, there was a great... Uh, somebody on uh, Bitmob actually wrote a great article that I linked to on Twitter. Maybe I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. Uh, just talking about how, like, uh, the Best Friends Forever mode is a great idea, which it oh, is. it is a good Because it like, makes... It essentially, like, nerfs the game enough that you can play the game with almost anyone. Yeah. As long as they're vaguely familiar with first-person yeah. controls. I mean, that is how you get time. people interested in gaming. Well, especially with Borderlands 2, because it's not just, like, Call of Duty where it's just kill, kill, kill. It's supposed to be more of a social game, because it's all yeah. four... It's all meant to be, like, a four-player online co-op game. Yeah. Or, even, I guess, maybe even couch co-op. And so, like, they're trying to get as many people playing that game together as possible. I'm going to back up for a second, though, and point out why I kind of still am offended by this, even though they no, said, well, it's not called girlfriend mode. It's only a, a class that is available to one character, and they did say in that article, we gave it to that character because she's the cutest character in the game. So I didn't realize it was locked Girls will yeah. want to play that, so we should make give her a shitty class that girls can play. And also, looking at this, the art form, like, that ain't cute. <laughs> what did you, you talk? Did you see the character Ellie? <laughs> Ellie is great. Ellie is awesome. I saw that. So, like, this is the other thing about That's the Andy and Foley character right there. Which, they like, have a character of Ellie, who's this big, like, awesome, fat, just giant barrel-chested... She's just big, like, muscular cat, big, thick, like, yeah. wall of a lady. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I'm wondering if that character is actually created by, uh... Anthony Birch. Anthony Birch. Because that seems like the big, tough, strong character that, like, if you loved Hammer in Fable 2, this is kind of like, almost seems to be like Borderland 2's version of that, where it's a yeah. big, tough... Because she's even got a giant, like, wrench. Yeah, she is basically... She looks like the heavy from Team Fortress. Yeah, which is great. And they, like, they showed, like, in this article that I linked to, they had a bunch of sketches of their first attempts at uh, designing this Ellie character. And the first one was just a big, skinny, muscular lady, and they're like, eh, that's kind of weird. They even had, like, kind of like a, like a dwarf Bette Midler or something <laughs> like that. And uh, it's great, and they like, eventually realized, well, let's do something that, like, you don't get to see very ladies, empowered big ladies yeah. in games that yeah. were like the whole point of her. Isn't That's that? She's it's not like yeah. a fat princess joke, but no. she's just yeah. That's one of the best things about Saints Row. The third, they can play as a fat naked lady. Plays a fat lady. 
fat okay. black naked lady yep. running around shooting people. Yep. Which that yeah, how many other video games can you do that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. But yeah, no. So like, Borderlands Two sounds interesting. Do you, are you tempted at all to ever try it out? I don't. I mean, you have to understand that shooters have to have something else to get you to play. Yeah, that's them. the thing. Borderlands Two didn't have much of a plot. It was all mm-hmm. just loot pickups. Because like, I'm I continue to enjoy play Bioshock Two, and I'm actually super warming up into the combat. Yeah. I actually just now unlocked a lot of forms of combat in Bioshock Two that are way more strategic and much less running. Okay, gun. see that's because like unless they change the gameplay of Borderlands Two more first Borderlands game wasn't like that too much. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you have to you you have to be you know doing man shoot stuff in in, in Borderlands too, and there's nothing else to it but that. Yeah. And that that you have to trick me, you know, you have to put something else on it to trick me into liking it. I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I forgot about that character being that class only being for that yeah. One see, girl that's character. the thing. If it were actually a mode. Like, yeah. where you could select and then play any Which character? is better, having a girlfriend mode that applies to any character or a skill tree locked to one cute girl character? I mean, I'm, that's... So, if they don't it's, call it, really it girlfriend is... mode, if it's just a nerfed mode that you can play with any character, even, like, what is he, the gunmancer, like, yeah. guy, the little dwarf guy? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's not offensive, Midget it turns games. out. <laughs> God. It's like, it's one of those things where, like, one of these days I'm going to learn, I'm going to find out something about a video game regarding <laughs> women that doesn't make my brain want to shut down, because Jesus Christ. Like, it's so much of gaming... Assassin's Creed 3's got a Creole lady. So much of gaming, it's like I have to stick my fingers frog. in my ears and, and, like, sing really loud and just pretend like it's... Games. Sometimes I don't either. I love video games. I have to love video games in spite of video games. Yeah... It's an, it's just another instance yeah, like where I fundamentally don't feel welcome. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even involved in online gaming where people are calling it's the me media, a 13 year con- faggot dude. Yeah, you know, I'm just this is me just like the culture around gamings. I, one of the comics are just as bad, but at least in comics you've got like a dude can make a comic, a lady can make a comic. Yeah, games are so work intensive that you have to have a team, so it has to be marketable because it requires X amount of money, which means it has to be male oriented because that's what they think they are. Makes my head hurt. iOS games are girlfriend mode. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, let's move on. According to a lecture that um, a BioWare staffer gave at GDC Europe, only 42% of players finished Mass Effect 3, down from 56% of players who beat Mass Effect 2. That actually sounds kind of high, because I've heard, like, uh, like not just games in general. Like, sometimes Completion it could be, like, maybe only a third of the Well, I'll tell you all be... this. One thing he pointed out in the lecture is you got to assume that a lot of those people completing it were people who are completing it to gear up for Mass Effect 3. Because that is a game that very oh, yeah, explicitly an incentive incentivizes yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, with the story and everything, and also just literally, like, you get stuff for having well, played Well, also it didn't games. help that Mass Effect 3 had the stigma about the ending, so maybe people yeah. were kind of, like, left off. Or once they announced... Because they announced that there was going to be DLC for the ending of the game that was going to change the ending, like, just a couple weeks after the game came out. So people yeah. were taking their time. Yeah. Maybe they were, like... Like, they didn't say uh, from what time period this information had been drawn from. Well, he, so he said... this could have been... He, he talks about, like, the launch of other DLC. Oh, you actually read the article? Yes. Because <laughs> I care that? deeply about that. Oh my effect. god! Yeah, it's it's very clearly data drawn from the moment. It's actually a really interesting article. So yeah, he he points out that yeah, only forty two percent of players finished Mass Effect Two, which is excuse me, Mass Effect Three. So was it like ten percent less? Which is still pretty high for gaming in general. Because yeah, something which ridiculous. is terrible. No, yeah, no no wonder so many video game terrible uh, endings are fucking terrible. Yeah, because why put all that money into something that half people won't see? More than half. 
That like in the same article, you're talking about completion rates for other Bioware games. I would love to see the completion oh, rates for uh, Bethesda games. That's well. Oh my what God. is completion, quote unquote? Did you see the thing that came out today? I don't know if it was on Reddit or something like that. It was uh, different video game companies as your old, as your best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty funny. What Bethesda like is like the bug infested? Yeah, the Valve was a little kitty that just loves you, <laughs> and, and and the internet loves it. Yeah. That's right. No, um, I think God. they were saying, like, Dragon Age Origins had a pretty low completion rate, like, 38%. I still need to play those Dragon games. Age 2 had, like, a low completion rate. I would argue that Mass Effect seems to have, though that number seems low, seems to have a higher completion rate because Mass Effect, more than a lot of other games, there's, like, everything is gearing towards an ending. Yeah. Like, both in a narrative and gameplay perspective. Like, there is a ending that's very, like, action movie feeling yeah. that, you know, is compelling. Whereas Dragon Age 2, I finished Dragon Age 2. I swear to God, I can't remember what the climax of Dragon Age 2 is. I've played it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Jesus. remember the ending of Dragon Age uh, 2. Somebody was also talking about supposedly the uh, com- uh, percentage, the completion percentage rate for the first Mass Effect game was also like really, really weirdly low. Yeah. I can't remember who said that or what the numbers were. Yeah. Which is really weird because Mass Effect 3, there's a lot of incentive to get to the end of that game. Yeah. Just because like, it, like that story is really focused. Once yeah. you get past the first, like maybe, well, I don't know, maybe people didn't get past the Citadel, which could last up to seven hours. Yeah. Once you get out of the space, you're kind of you're getting funneled towards that ending. Yeah. Like, well, in Mass Effect 1, I would argue that once you're off the Citadel, the game becomes a lot less interesting. Because you're going to planets that look exactly the same. Yeah, that's true too. It's not, yeah. you know. What was what the what was the interesting statistic that a lot of people took Let's away get from this? Vermeer, though. I don't know. Yeah. With uh, with this lecture is that they said that the amount of time that people spent playing Mass Effect three, not necessarily beating it, but the amount of time, mm-hmm. was about the same as Mass Effect two, which meant that cause the whole idea they added multiplayer to give you more value and more reason to go back and replay the game or to keep playing the game or to get into multiplayer. But no, there was no appreciable difference in um, the amount of time that people played. Yeah. Well, so that was that seems like a ding against the multiplayer mode. But they at the same in a different lecture at GDC, they had a guy talking about they were talking about DLC. They were talking about day one DLC and why it's important. And I know everybody hates it, but he pointed out that fifty six percent of the profits they talked about in Dragon Age Origins in particular, fifty six percent of the profits. Day one DLC in that? Yes, there were. Jesus. 56% of the profits from DLC for Dragon Age Origins came from day one DLC. That's... Because that's when people are fucking playing the game. People well, you're going to DLC have it sooner than later before people yeah. beat the god. That's why the like, post-game DLC... I love Mass Effect, and I will play Leviathan, but I don't want to fire up my game like three months after I finish. Especially when it's DLC that drops in the middle of the game. Like, what I liked about Dragon Age's DLC is that a lot of it was, like, post-game DLC, yeah. so you could, like, pick up from wherever you were. You don't have to load a goddamn game from halfway through. That's right, Bill. I dropped candy. I'm sorry. Bill dropped his Starburst. Um, But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting statistic. The other thing that came out was that um, with uh, Mass Effect, the multiplayer, they had a lot of free DLC for multiplayer. And there are two ways you can approach that. That, that was them throwing, like... Um, you know, olive branches at fans for being mad. Yeah. But the olive branch was the ending. A fan who's mad at the ending is not going to be mollified by free multiplayer DLC. I'm sure some of that was probably planned to be some uh, paid content. Maybe well, not that much. But well, I think they, some, I think that definitely, whatever the ending did change their DLC plans. They they said, well, I'm talking about multiplayer DLC in particular. I think that probably impacted that too. Because so many people were pissed off at Mass Effect 3 in general. Well, that, he said, and you can argue that this is just him saying things, but he said that the reason 
reason why they kept releasing because it was times like they would release every couple was, of weeks. Yeah. It was they because were good about that concept, they were having yeah. good because um, they in they had booster packs that you could buy. That model though was terrible though. We have to pay extra money for booster packs. Well, you don't like, you don't have to. But the booster packs are so like they only. You have to really work for those booster Bill, packs. Who? How and much? It's how also much kind Mass of like Effect multiplayer? Because you can't you even be sure what's going to be in those booster yeah. packs too. It's it's an it's been Ugh. in other games. I don't necessarily. I would rather have that than I can buy the sweet shit because that just means that you know people have enough money. That's to get people the sweet like shit. on Call of Duty, but at least that is you're just working progression. There's no extra money to like buy new guns or anything like that. But then like There's someone no like me packs. who approaches multi multiplayer. Like, I don't want to play Ugh. 60 hours of multiplayer so I can have golden guns. But that's what that's what keeps you playing forever, is the fact that you do have to level up for 60 hours. That's, I don't want to play for 60 hours. Uh, I want to be able to unlock a Quarian. And sure, I'll play enough rounds until I have enough money to buy a booster pack. Anyway, my point being, they made enough money on booster packs that they were able to offer the uh, multiplayer DLC for free just to keep the community coming. Fuck... You. Congratulations, EA and Bioware. You're my fucking hero. Man, Bioware. What's going on with Bioware? We talked about this on the podcast. Well, that's the. This is the half hour conversation we lost a couple episodes ago. Was us talking about man, this is not the year for Bioware. Before, well, that's man. Well, they, they have to be so happy because so many people have seen the end of the old the old Republic MMO. By the end, they just shut it off and delete it, and that's the end for people. So many people have done that. They've completed that game. Yay, Bioware! <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Bioware, yeah, this is, this is, ugh. Well, I guess when, during E3, they had, um, it was one of the doctors, you know, one of the founders of EA yeah. come out. He was the guy they brought out to pimp uh, the, uh, the Old Republic. I would keep on calling it, want to call it Knights of the Old Republic. I know, me too. They brought him out for EA, and I didn't see that teleconference, but, like, supposedly everyone said he looked like he had a fucking flop sweat going on, where he was like, please, play our game. Like, yeah. it was kind of very much like, yeah, come on, yeah, this is a great game, come on, everybody, and, like, he didn't have really have much to say, because there was no news yeah. to talk about, they just wanted him to come out and just pimp, like, hey, guys, don't forget about us. The best thing that could possibly happen to Bioware is for them to pull a bungee and buy themselves out and go solo, but they can't afford to, their games are too goddamn expensive, yeah. they take too long to develop, and, you know, it's... Instead, EA just seems content to dilute the brand by making well, got it MMOs and then Conquer and game. Conquer game. This is the man. This man. Talk about a brand that's gone the wrong way in the last like year and a half since that Command yeah. of Conquer game was announced. Where it seemed like, yeah, you put Bioware on that shit, that'll sell gangbusters on the name alone. Now Bioware, between that, like, don't that, doesn't everyone hate Dragon Age two now? Because I see a lot of fucking everybody was slagging for that on, game. Well, people were slagging on Dragon Age Two at the time. Yeah, you knew enough about it that when we talked about Dragon Age Two on the podcast. We? You were like, "Oh well, the levels repeat." And oh yeah, well the content. Well, suppose and that's why everyone was really happy when Mass Effect Three got delayed because the original was supposed to come out last summer and they got to push back into yeah. like this the spring, and everyone was happy because that. Mess. Dragon Age Two has the most compelling characters in the in a Mass Effect or in a Bioware game in a while, and I include Mass Effect in that, which is mm-hmm. why I love Dragon Age Two. Isabel and Aveline, I would just play a billion games with just those two forever. Yeah. But, yeah. No, Bioware, man. I feel bad yeah. for those bros. Well, like, well, this is one of the things we talked about before was how it's it's a shame that they decided to build an MMO that's just another, essentially sounds like another WoW, WoW clone. Yeah. Where it's, instead of being its own role-playing game, they essentially just, like... It's scary to be brave in the MMO market, though, because it requires well, so much goddamn money. I, I still don't think the there wheel. really is much of a WoW uh, world... Uh, uh, 
what am I saying? Uh, MMO market, it really is just everyone making World of Warcraft clones. Yeah. And there are people who do it better than others and who have a better brand than others, but no one's actually gotten rich off of making an MMO that isn't Blizzard or World of Warcraft But everybody yet. wants to, because no one will until someone does it, yeah. you know? Which probably won't be Blizzard until they release the whatever yeah. whatever MMO replaces World of Warcraft in the next couple of years. Yeah. Just because they have the smarts and the resources and the talent. And also, like... Because they've already driven World of Warcraft into the ground, they, they, they of all the companies out there, they're the ones who can say, fuck it, we could just do something entirely different than World of Warcraft. Yeah. Because they're a blizzard. They can do whatever the hell they yeah. want. Games, man. I'm, I'm really video curious games. to see what happens with video games the next couple of years because yeah. there's rumors that EA is going to be sold. Activision is trying to... Like, there's rumors that Activision is trying to be sold. Yeah. Like, all this shit. And, like, money's going away. And people are losing their jobs. And it looks like no one can afford to make these big budget well, games. A lot of money... And, like, Zynga's about to... Uh, Zynga's in the process of falling apart. Oh, and man. that's... Zynga's they were the back backbone of a lot of the social gaming shit on, on Facebook, which a ton of people, again, were chasing that Zynga money on Facebook instead yeah. of, like, coming up their own thing. They were, like, Zynga clones other people's games, but then the other people were cloning Zynga's games. And Zynga's falling apart. There's, it's like this fucking human centipede of money yeah. that just can't last forever, and all these you know human centipede component people and companies are just gonna die yeah. off and just. It, I am really. I don't know if it's gonna be another video game crash, but it's not gonna be pretty. Whatever mm -hmm. the hell happens in the next two or three years, and you got fucking. Nintendo. I mean, you could say that in pretty much any industry right now. Yeah, but, but it, still, it's if like Nintendo doesn't play its cards right in the next couple of years. They could be on the fucking rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, fucking God knows what the hell Microsoft decides to do with the next Xbox. Yeah. Like, if that turns out to be as much of, like, like just, like, a desktop, like, casual gaming thing as some people are suspecting it might yeah. be. Well, they the have to. Knows? They have to make it something like that. Yeah. They have to. And Sony doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Well, they bought We another... are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, Jesus. Uh, what, yeah. what they bought? Uh, Sony recently bought um, one of online's main competitors for cloud gaming. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Was it Gaikai? Yeah. What the hell? Good for them. But man. Did you play Papa EO this week? I have not because I could not turn on my PS3. I could not be bothered. Well, one of our bros. That's, that's going to be the thing that kills Papa EO is people <laughs> saying Papa EO. <laughs> I don't want to no, wait. I, I genuinely. So I've been so busy this week packing and shit yeah. and doing that and doing house stuff and going out and shopping for house stuff that I barely had a chance to game. The only gaming I've done is playing Bioshock 2. Like one of our beloved listeners suggested we try um, Dust and Illusion Tale. Download the demo for that. Couldn't even fire it up. I was too busy with Bioshock 2. Yeah. So close to I've been so busy working on the Nintendo book. Watching Olympics and, and uh, drawing Avatar map. I haven't had time to play anything. Although, you know. man, 1UP.com! Because there's a new Mario game coming out this week. They're, they've been doing this great uh, retrospective about Mario games and Mario mechanics and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Parrish, he wrote a great article about uh, the defending of... Mario uh, Sunshine. Have yeah. you played Super Mario Sunshine? No, I never it's played cute. any It's cute. It's cute as balls. It's it's kind of like the most most loathed like modern day Mario game. You know, like three mm -hmm. D Mario game. But it's really great. It's got cute music and it's all tropical because you're on a tropical island, so it's all nice and sunny and uh, the graphics are great. You're just hosing things down and it's not necessarily one of the best Mario games, but it's fun. And uh, so I this reading this article totally gave me the hankering to go back and play it. And then I forgot I sold my copy like six years ago. No. But oh uh, yeah, one of the people on Full uh, on Twitter, they was like, "Oh, I have a two copies. I'll just send you one for free." So I gotta figure out something to give them back. So I'll be getting a, a copy of Super Mario Sunshine, which is good because, like, if you're gonna play Super Mario Sunshine, the l last half of August is the time to do it. You don't play yeah. Super Mario Sunshine at Christmas. That's oh, right. Fuck that shit. You don't play uh uh uh. What's the flying Sega game? Knights. 
Christmas nights. There's a, there's an old Sega game where you play as this gay clown. You're just flying around. <laughs> but wasn't it just called Knights? Gay clown? Yeah, was it just called Knights? I think so. And then they came out with a, like a, an add-on pack that turned everything Christmassy. And so oh, yeah. that's a big thing. You see people like like hardcore Sega fans at Christmas. Yeah. They're like, I'm playing Christmas Nights. I bust out my Sega Saturn. Hardcore Sega plan- fans playing that game just weeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sega. But yeah, no, Bioware fucked up. The whole uh, games industry is fucked up. But yeah, no, Bioware. Man, there's going to be a Bioware left in two years. I'm, I love those guys. I want them to do well. Yeah. I do. Isn't uh, Dragon Age 3 supposed so to be coming out next year? Um, well, they haven't announced anything about it. Man, could you imagine all. the pressure on the people from making those that dudes, game? Those dudes. I feel so bad for them. They I gotta... I don't think Dragon Age 2 sold as well as Dragon Age 1. I've never seen such a like high top-tier company their, uh, see, yeah. seen, seen their stock with gamers collapsed yeah. so quickly and it's been in less than six months for bioware well i wouldn't i'd say it started with dragon age 2. well that's true. i keep on forgetting about dragon age 2 but so it's been like a year yeah well it's yeah. been about two years well when dragon Those age 2 dudes, came out like last two years ago yeah okay because dragon age 2 got a lot of gamers were like man fuck that and then mass effect like, mass effect really should that might be the defining mass effect 3 might be the defining and then old republic company. on top of that man yeah those bros i love bioware i will still buy whatever actual RPG oh, no, I will too. I'll probably buy you know what I'll probably end up uh, playing through Dragon Age 2 and 1 and 2 just in preparation for Dragon Age 3 just to catch up and see what the hell the big gruffle is because yeah. you know that's that's one of Bioware's big things and I love Bioware's other games hell I fucking love didn't they do Baldur's Gate they didn't do Baldur's Gate love Baldur's Gate yeah I'll play that shit yeah hmm. Bioware I want them to do well I'm just worried that they're not in a scenario where they're able to operate on their strengths. Yeah. Well, That's I think it's I, really... It's, they are, it's the most, they are set up to fail. It's the most stereotypical thing in the world, but I really do think it is EA pushing them around to like release games before they're ready. Yeah. Well, the thing shit. is that Bioware did have enough cachet that to some degree they could do what they wanted, and now they've lost. They but have to have but lost But it seems that. like the, the decisions that have cost... Well, no, they EA. could pursue what projects they wanted to, but on EA's timeline. Well, that's a terrible thing, yeah, because they could not have made Mass Effect 3 with, like, whatever money they had lying around it at Bioware. They, yeah. yeah, you need EA well, to fund no, something like that. Well, no, I mean, like EA that. is still Dad, but Dad kind of let them do what they wanted to do because they were to make money at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, but it's Dad saying, we need the car back by, by sundown 11. that causes the accident. Oh, Dad, I need, yeah, I need exactly, at least yeah. to one. So. What if Stacy? What if tonight's well, night? Like, who's the guy who runs EA? John Ricatello. Yeah. I always get John Ricatello and Stephen Tortilla from Kotaku confused. <laughs> Tortilla. It sounds like he's gonna yeah. get. Uh, everyone's predicting that he's gonna get fired from EA within the next year, and yeah. if, man, he gets he he walks away from EA, then that means like everything that goes on at EA is gonna change, which just means things that Bioware are gonna change. Could be for the better. Could be for the worse. Who the yeah. fuck knows? Yeah, it's gonna be a dark time for video games. I worry. I have concerns. Yeah. I love gaming. That's so why much. I'm buying a Nintendo 3DS XL before Nintendo goes out of business. And all <laughs> video games go. This may this may be the last video game console that's ever released. <laughs> there we go, Bill. Anyway, let's move on to happier tidings. Matt Smith will stick around as the doctor at least until 2014. This this is like news every six months. What the <laughs> hell is he doing that this has to be like everyone's so worried that he's gonna leave that this has to be news every six months? Although I guess this means he's he's gonna be sticking around all the way through the 50th anniversary year next yeah. year, which is a big deal. Well, a lot of people were predicting he might get killed off. Yeah. Like if you like if you're gonna change doctors, you like, like the fiftieth anniversary time to do it, and it would yeah. turn into the like what would be the last doctor? Would, yeah. would it be the last doctor? Twelve regenerations to be thirteen. Doesn't it depend on your reading of canon bill? I guess there's already been a bunch of doctors and you haven't seen Yeah, we'll get that pretty much. So we'll get to see his big foot faced mug. He's his face he doesn't look like Tell me tell me if the next seasons of Doctor Who are worth watching, please. 
after starts two weeks from now. Mm. Um, in other news, Ron Swanson will get a new love interest in the coming season of Parks and Rec. <laughs> Lucy Lawless. Is, he, is she gonna be named What's Her Face? Because he dates. Uh, what? Oh, he always dates women named. Or at least marries. Oh, what, Tammy. Well, no, his mom, Tammy. He's his mom Tammy. is a Tammy too. Yeah, so she's gotta be Tammy Four. <laughs> That's great casting. <laughs> oh Lucy my Lawless. God. It's gonna be great. Oh man, I'm so pumped because Lucy Lawless is funny. Doesn't shouldn't that show show start up soon? I think so. Everyone's so bummed about they're like filming. community kind of getting gutted, but like yeah, yeah, they're you're... filming in Parks and Rec right now. Yeah, well, in fact, they did a bunch of Olympic spots. That I'm assuming all the show. I mean, it's almost September. This is the time yeah. of year where shows start coming back. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that comes back soon. And then you got Thirty Rock coming back for its last season here, last season. Yeah. Um. So the all the big news this week also. Um. Team Fortress Two released a new co-op mode called. What is it called? Man versus machine. Did machine. you hear the, about? Did we talk about the uh, Buttface McKinney comic about this last year, last week, no. last podcast? No. Uh, so uh, I guess Valve is engaged in this two-year-long alternate reality game about like the, I guess this has been planned for a couple years now. This is not something they just came out with six months ago. Yeah. Where like um, in the first was it Meet the Engineer? Yeah. Video that came out like two years ago. You could see like there's a robot head sitting on a desk. Yeah. Behind him. And I guess for an update, like, like a year and a half ago to the game, included these two rooms where, like, a couple of the characters, like, e- like you can't find these rooms unless you turn on, like, no clipping mode and you can fly yeah. through the walls. You'll find two rooms where, like, characters are looking at these photographs, which you can kind of look closely, or actually, like, robot people doing something like that. And uh, then updates to the game where it's just randomly dropped in, like, robot parts, like transistors and stuff that, like, mm-hmm. had code words on it, which which meant, like, MVM, and everyone's like, what the fuck is MVM? And people forgot, oh, most must mean man versus machine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I guess just, like, two weeks ago, like, there was an update to the game that added this giant, huge, like, fucking tank thing just sitting on the horizon of all the game maps, just yeah. watching all the players, and no one nice. knew what it was. It oh, just came awesome. out of the blue. Everyone's like, what the hell is this? You know, because Team, Team Fortress 2 is just, like, team versus team just killing each other yeah and there's some objective stuff but like yeah. yeah but like what the hell is this big tank thing just watching us play yeah and it turns out yeah there's a whole reveal of the, the there's a bunch of robot clones of all the uh the the, the characters in the games mm-hmm. that um are created by the long lost third brother yeah of red and blue or what are they redmond and blue well, i forgot that like team fortress 2 has this crazy huge mythology yeah, behind it technically where, it's which, all crazy mythology yeah where like the red and blue teams are uh, like were created by these twin brothers like yeah. the uh, red bro- uh, brother and a blue brother yeah. and so now there's this third guy named gray Raymond. man or yeah. something like that and yeah buttface mccainy had done some comics for the reveal of this and well, well and then, written by ashley birch yeah well i this yeah so i didn't yeah i didn't read all the comics so i missed some of that stuff but that's a great way to do a reveal though yeah especially for again that there's no story yeah when you come up with the whole story like in the comics and well it feels like that, it feels fantastic. kind of adorably like early 90s when you play this game that was dead simple but there's this yeah. comic included in the booklet that has all this story well, the funny thing it's not like it's not like designed to make the try to make you take the game any more seriously when no. you play it it's oh, just, the comics are ridiculous yeah but they're, they're ridiculous. adorably but ridiculous. i love that they realize well it's just a stupid game where everyone's killing each other there's no story so we were free to make up the biggest most outrageous yeah. stupidest story possible yeah you know, and I'm glad that, man, I fucking love Valve. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, so. they're good guys. Hopefully they put out, I, I would not mind reading, like, a Team Fortress 2 book of just, like, all the comics they've put, yeah, they, they, like, they, like. They did that. No, but, like, is are all the Team Fortress yeah. stuff is in that all book? All the ones up to that I bought point. it, I haven't read it yet. I'm tired. <laughs> 
my comic I would love book that I own. I would. I'm just. I love books. A scrapbook about the mythology of Team Fortress Two would crack me up. Is all I'm saying. It's good times. Yeah. So now it's it's they added a new objective mode where everyone uh, red and blue uh, have to team up to fight robot clones of themselves. That's awesome. And I I tried to play it, but servers were all fucked up because it just went live like night before last. Um, So I don't understand. They have this whole. They have because so Team Fortress Two went free to play like what two years ago. Yeah. And so they, the way they make money is off a bunch of, like, optional cosmetic mods, like you hats and shit buy like that. hats and stuff. Exactly. And they have, like, a, you can craft items and shit. Yeah. And you can buy things. Now, they have this whole ticket system. I've never noticed this before. Like, I've only played... I The only time I've really played Team Fortress 2 was really on the Xbox when it first came out the Orange yeah. Box, like, five years ago. And I played a little bit of on the on Steam, just enough, just like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. So I don't know if this ticket thing is brand new to this Man vs. Machine update. I have no idea what it is, because you can buy tickets, and there's different kinds of tickets. There's, there's well, like so a as I surplus ticket. It, there's a... Well, as I understand it, so you can buy tickets that allow you to play Man vs. Machine on official Valve servers. That allows you, and as you do these missions, you complete a tour well, of so, duty. Then you get stuff, yeah. And then at the end of a tour of duty, you get a rare item. It sounds like when you go to the carnival and you have to buy a ticket to ride the ride. Exactly. Except it's like there are two rides. There's one that you can ride for free (laughs) as often as you want, but there's a second one where if you ride it 18 times, then you get a hat. So the idea is that if you play with your, like, uh, with an unofficial server, with, with, like, your friend's server, like, you can play it as much as you want. You just don't get free goodies. Yeah. Because I saw you could also buy modifiers and stuff, too. Aside from the whole ticket thing, you could just buy a thing that's, like, makes it, like... Gives you like ten, like twice as much health for a game. Yeah, which that sounds kind of fucked up. I thought they didn't have anything you could buy that would actually adjust. I the think this play. is just for man versus mo- uh, man versus machine. Oh, it makes so sense. So you're not getting a one up okay. on another per- human person that makes playing. Sense. You're just contributing to the team versus like trying to get as far as you can into this horde mode situation. One which... thing that I do appreciate about Valve is that they're bald faced about it. They're like, okay, so we don't really know what we're doing. We're just trying things to see what sticks. Yeah. At least they're open about it. Whereas EA is like, oh well, you know. We gotta buy these boosters and blah blah blah. See the thing, why no, EA just... does it and they get shot upon. Valve does it and it's like, oh Valve. Because Valve is what's his face. Just come out saying we don't know what we're doing. We're throwing science at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when you've got like it's that kind of attitude. Because Daniel the cutest little beard. Oh man. Well, the, so I couldn't get into the game to see what this looks like, but then I watched uh, the Hey Ash, what you're playing, guys play because they were doing yeah. a stream and they managed to get into a game that was so buggy because the servers were so way overloaded. Yeah. That like people were disappearing. You know, it was typical lag stuff like that. Yeah. And even then, it had been so long since I'd. Played Played Team Fortress 2, it was like watching a crazy person's imagination. Because all I know, everyone's running around with crazy silly hats, yeah. boxing gloves, yeah. throwing sandwiches and steaks at each other. Yeah. And like all this shit, we're like, I have no idea. <laughs> and like, you've got these robots coming in when they get shot, they make these great ding, 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 ding metal sounds. Yeah. That sounds like somebody ringing the uh, the bell at a, like a fucking uh, barbecue. Yeah. And it's just like, it's it's so fast paced. I'm like, I can never ever oh, play yeah. this game. I can never play that game. And like, it's... yeah, you'll have a heavy with a giant top hat, like Abraham with yeah. a top hat and a, like a beard. That's one thing that frustrates me about Team Fortress is they designed such a beautiful fucking game then you can buy hats. <laughs> well then I guess you've got, you've got fuck people crafting hats and stuff like that yeah. so it's not even Valve is fucking that up. Yeah. But. Well no 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 Valve introduced it baby. Oh no they introduced it but this now is, This is Valve's idea. Valve's like hey you know this game we spent years crafting yeah let's well, just... I've heard the reason why there's no female version of all the characters because it, w- it would fuck up the aesthetic of the game much less everyone running around using like meatloaf <laughs> to punch people like 
Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, no, that seems cool. Like, whatever. It's all free. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, it's good times. Um, In other news, Raiders of the Lost Ark is getting an IMAX re-release in September. Hey, Bill, you're going to drive to Washington to the only local actual IMAX theater to to see it? It's what, like, well, because it's widescreen. Isn't a IMAX screen even dimensionally different than a normal screen? It so is. it's going to have to be letterboxed or chopped off at the end. I'll go see it at the it's gonna be uh, Fox 10. Yeah. The, you, IMAX sound is more, the sound of it. Yeah, this If you're going to sounds... see a movie that wasn't shot in IMAX yeah. that's going to be shown in fake IMAX, yeah. go see it at the cheap fake IMAX and just see it for, like, the extra crazy fucked up sound stuff they have. Yeah. That would be interesting because I know they're remaxing the movie in 7.1. Yeah. The so. sound is worth it. Yeah. But yeah, did I make a note when that happens? Because I will see the shit out of that. Uh, just in September. I saw some theaters said. are also doing, they're showing all four films. They're having limited uh, marathons. Which is great because they're showing them in order. So uh, you're going to get Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. It starts at like 10.30 at different movie theaters. And you're going to have people, you know, there's going to be a decent number of people trickle out after that because who the fuck wants to see uh, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, yeah. And then you'll get a couple people coming back to see, you know, uh, uh, Last uh, Crusade. Last Crusade. And then, then everyone man, leaves. fucking ghost town for that last movie. That's gonna Crystal be terrible. Crystal Skulls, just Shia LaBeouf's mom. That's yeah. it. Oh man, uh, did um, you see Shia LaBeouf's making a movie with Nick Cave? Do you care? Who, do you know yes, Nick Cave it's lawless. We've talked about this, motherfucker. Because that's how did hard you he is. Is Nick Cave? Yes. Oh, well, because Nick know. Cave wrote the Proposition, which is a great movie, and the director of the Proposition is making this movie, Lawless. What's the Proposition? Annie, I will kiss your kiss your buttocks <laughs> while you make me dinner. It's well, Tom Hardy was in it, so no. I just imagine Tom Hardy boner with like a little lady apron while he's cooking you dinner. <laughs> His turgid erection underneath the apron. And it's not very well covered because his boner. He just fl- he puts the steak like drapes it over his. <laughs> and his boner is actually longer than, than the apron. It's just there like go, why Bill. even bother wearing an apron at that there point? There go, Bill. He must have a huge dick. Um, I have seen it. He has an average penis. It's called Bronson. He's naked in Bronson. He's jumping on a cage, buck naked in Bronson. Also, he's also Does he have a heart in, on. Or? There's a movie called My Brother. Shit, I can't remember now. Anyway, I've seen him naked in more than one film. <laughs> Thank you. I oh, am a connoisseur of Tom Hardy nudity. Oh, but the funny thing is, for like, he's such a big guy that if he has a penis that is proportionate yeah. to that looks normal, yeah. it'll still rip you in he's half. Still... That's a terrible thing. You, you get up close to that, you're not going to be able to put it in your mouth without just like unhinging your jaw like a snake. <laughs> so at first you might go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I can take that. He's, he's, he's hung like my brother. And then you get up close and it's like the fucking... Uh, it's beginning a Star Wars with the Star Destroyer going over your head. I enjoy your, your Star Destroyer cock metaphor, Bill. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, okay, this is... I, Bill, I love <laughs> you put this in your word for word. This is so exciting. So the next Mad Max movie, they speaking released... Speaking of Tom Hardy! Speaking of Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy will, of course, be playing Mad Max in the upcoming new Mad Max Oh my film. god, this is the best thing. They have released the um, synopsis <laughs> for the next Mad Max film. Oh, I read this, I thought it, it makes was me a so happy. It makes me so happy. Quote, open quote, Mad Max is caught up with a group of people fleeing across the wasteland in a war rig driven by the Imperator Furiosa. This movie, Wait, what's the name again? Imperator Furiosa, as played by Charlize Theron. This oh, is, is that Charlize who that Theron, is? Theron's part. Oh, so she's she's the one who she's going Fury to be the Road, Imperator yeah. Mack truck driver. Yes. God damn it! I love Mad Max. I love Mad Max so much. Have you seen all these movies? Yet? Yes. Because I know, like, did yeah. that make you 
watch Thunderdome? I've seen them all. Uh, yeah. Bill, I'm one of my best friends at work is obsessed with Thunderdome. I've seen it four times with that's him. That's one of the, man. That's one of my favorite thing about like like amazing. there's the action scenes and shit like the the weird ass character <laughs> names the and shit. Stuff. I'm glad that like that's the best part of Bad Batch is just the w- throwing weird shit around. Go finish. Okay, okay, so that, believe it or not, is the normal part of the sentence, (laughs) okay? That's the part for your grandma. This movie is an account of the road war which follows. It is based... (laughs) It is based... (laughs) It is based on the word burgers... (laughs) forgot about that. But All it's so I bad. It's like everyone's watching, uh, what's the movie? The Waterworld? No, in The Postman. Everyone's watching a movie. Oh, what movie are they watching? The like, there, isn't it like a, the sound of music? Everyone's a... Uh, I can't 
can't remember now. Or something like that. God. Anyway, I'm word sorry. burgers. We're gonna try to. How can we move on from word burgers? We should have that one for last. that's shaped like a bomb. Of course there is. I that's mean, gotta be the war rig. That's. I look at that. I'm like, this is my. Everyone <laughs> got so worked about Star Wars prequels. I have not felt that <laughs> no. this excited. This exactly. I, this is gonna be my Prometheus. Exactly. We're all just gonna get get so excited. Oh well, my if god. If this movie is bad, how sad are we gonna be, Bill? You know what? Guess what. The other Mad Max movies aren't very good, well, no, so no, it's no. not like it's no, gonna. Here's the thing: Mad Max for the Mad Max movie to be bad. Here's my: th there's certain kinds of shitty movies that you just want them to be batshit bazonkers weird, yeah. and that's what you want from them. Like that's what I want. What if it's just kind of bland? That would be the worst crime because I want it to be either amazing or so grotesquely bad that it circles around. I think with Charlie's Theron and Tom Hardy sharing the same set, where they yeah. have to talk about word burgers on a. <laughs> Uh, while driving car shaped like bombs, I don't think I don't think Bland's gonna be too much of a problem. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I hope the Arrested Development movie is filmed on the set remains when this is done. There we go. God. Anyway, Bill, you're gonna be bummed about this. Um, eBay has banned the sales of magic potions <laughs> and spells. I could not believe this when I saw this. Yeah. I guess it's a thing they just only well, got around to doing they it now. Banned essentially for lack of better better term non corporeal things. They also banned like the sale of advice. Yeah. Like shit like that. No more spells. On, on I wonder what had to go down for them to suddenly go. You know what? We I, it's this. <laughs> we've been selling too many fucking magic spells. There've been too many transactions well, that have gone all, horribly it's wrong. It's gotta be all the the customer complaints of well, I I wish which for this hex on my ex wife, and uh, she still doesn't have chicken feet. So, you, know. you know what? As as much as it pays me to say it, I am typing to you with this with human hands and not <laughs> not dragon claws. They spent a hundred dollars. Damn. <laughs> I still don't have Tom Hardy's wiener. So <laughs> not just I attached to you or just on no, the desk. No, just in a jar. <laughs> so, I just met you. Manny, and if you woke up tomorrow with Tom Hardy's wiener. Oh. Wow. Wait, with it? Yeah. Like attached. Oh. Not even if we're necessarily in the right place, but like straight <laughs> my elbow. <laughs> it's so awkward. Everybody. Oh, Foley would have such a field day. Anyway. Oh, talk about going to times. the gym. Paramount. Is How are you going to be on the treadmill and have a boner on you your have, arm? You have, you wrap it down, you bind it. You have to make it think like non-sexual thoughts. To... Think about Schindler's List. <laughs> Tom Hardy's penis. Then you pet it and then suddenly get it gets excited again. And then, what if it mews? <laughs> what if it mews? <laughs> that little kitten! Bill, thank you for taking this to its logical conclusion. No. What if you eBayed <laughs> Tom Hardy's dick and it showed up on your Tom elbow Hardy. and you're in the gym <laughs> and it becomes rigid and it starts meowing. Because you know it's just... <laughs> What if? What oh if? man, if your dick can make sounds with like well, <laughs> Oh no, that I'm terrible. gonna continue to our next toy point because oh. Paramount is turning to Nickelodeon to see which of Nickelodeon's shows can be turned into animated features. So the backstory here being that Paramount did have a partnership with DreamWorks. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Which ended recently. So now Paramount is like, Jesus fuck, where are we going to get all these? Because they've been making big money for them. You know, your Shreks, your Madagascar. Oh, is that what your... Paramount was releasing this or something? Yeah. I can't open these. Yeah. So they're so, talking to Nickelodeon to say, hey, what what do you guys got that we can turn into a movie? There's no way. The Avatar uh, thing has been so ruined. I can't yeah. imagine they would ever go, oh, yeah, let's turn that Avatar thing that bombed. Well, no. Here's Did I call thing. it Avatar? Avatar. 
Counterpoint. Oh, I keep on thinking about that bullshit. Korra did sh- is doing so well on TV, and this would be an animated. Oh, it's thing. the most cinematic thing that Nickelodeon's got on the table. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, what's more likely is like a fucking Phineas and Ferb. Wait, they did that. That's Disney, also. Yeah, um, but yeah, something kind of goony and stupid. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to like. Also, anyway. like it sounds like they're they like they're still in the middle. They only finished the first season. Yeah. Unless they did, like, uh, unless, like, the last, unless the movie about Korra is, like, Korra's an old lady and, like, it's the transition of power to her to, like, to a new avatar, which they're not going to do and that. That's not a movie for Hollywood kids. Works, this movie won't happen for another five or six years. Yeah, at the most. Yeah, that's true, too. But whatever. Between A, how Hollywood works, and B, how animated films work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Day hard. So, yeah, you know? even if they announced today Legend of Korra, we just, found some, we just the ink is drying. Yeah. You're not going to see that for four years. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but it's uh, interesting. It's oh, interesting thing to think of. Did, is that on the list that Henry Selleck shit got that shut down by no, Disney? No, he didn't put it on there. Yeah. So Henry Selleck had, had started his own stop motion animation studio. I think there were two years, no, no, excuse me. I think they were a year and a half into development of a film. They hadn't actually started supposed animating to be done. it. It was yet. supposed to be released next fall, though. Yeah. Fall of uh, October 2013, which and meant Disney they had to at least get close to filming. Well, I'm sure they were prepping models and never said Yeah, they must have at least been on the cusp of... Uh, and you know what? I wonder if it got to the point where they had to start committing voice talent to the movie. Yeah. And then they must have looked at like the storyboards and everything like that, and you know, because once you start paying out for voice talent, I'm yeah. sure that's when like when you're throwing down money, that's when the budget really skyrockets because you're paying out like money to fucking John Goodman and all these big Hollywood stars. Yeah, and they must have seen some, whatever's going on behind the scenes just didn't warrant the spending money on getting fucking, uh, fucking Anna Gasmeyer or who the fuck Anna Gasmeyer or you know who's Anna Gasmeyer? I just Anna Gasmeyer. Gasmeyer was on SNL. Amy Poehler. <laughs> I just say names. Um. Anyway, yeah. Sadly, the um Disney pulled the plug. Yeah. Henry Selleck is still working on another Disney film, so he's oh, is fine. he? Yeah, he was he was working on two two different. Movies. He has a history. He made Monkey Bone, and from what I've heard about, like he it turns out he was kind of like a wreck to work with on Coraline. In terms yeah. of like, oh, we already animated the scene. I came up with a better idea for a scene. We're gonna completely redo that. Have you if ever he heard... was anything like that with this movie, I could see why like the the the, the guys in charge would be like, yeah, yeah. let's let's maybe we're not gonna make this movie. Yeah. Um, Which is weird because I'm surprised they didn't wait to see how Paranorman did just to test the water again to see if that you know if that movie makes a million uh, does really well because that's stop motion too. Yeah. And you can come out and like say, hey, from the director of the studio. That made Paranorman last year comes our new movie, yeah. you know, or something like that. I don't know. So they announced, uh, they cast Mance Raider on Game of Thrones. Yeah! What's his name? He played Julius Caesar? Yeah! He too old! Uh, is he supposed to be, well, if he's supposed to be, if he was a uh, Night's Watchman in his prime, who's now been in charge of? I guess. I've seen people who now, since they have announced this guy, what is his name, like, Dominic Hines I'm or something at, like that? I can't remember his name. You He's know a his very face. good actor. He was, he was in, uh... He was in, uh, uh Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day, and I loved him in that. He was in, uh, Soldier, Sailor, Tinker, Spy, just a couple, yeah. like, six months ago. He's, He's a, a good actor. actor. He's a it's great It's just, like, the, to go from Dominic West, from The Wire, to this guy, seems, yeah. Weird... Because this guy's, like, at least, like, 10, 15 years older than, uh, Dominic West. But no, he's a good actor. It's just, like, I always pictured, like, I haven't got, I've, I've not actually gotten far enough to the books to be, uh, properly introduced to Mance Raider, but by reputation, I know he's supposed to be a pretty lean, mean, motherfucking machine. Yeah. And I don't just, I just don't picture that, that guy. That guy and he's also, he's, like, a scrappy fighter. Yeah, see, that's what I imagined. Yeah. If, you know, like, because we, I think we had made a joke that is like, oh, well, like, Daniel Day-Lewis sort of guy. Yeah. Like, a charismatic, scrappy dude who will eat your face. 
know? But still, you're thinking of a younger Daniel D. Lewis than what Daniel yeah. D. Lewis is now. You're not thinking about Lincoln. So anyway, no, but that's cool, though. That's a great cast. Whoever's been casting Game of Thrones has not made a mistake yet. That's the thing. So that's whatever. Who gives a you shit? You gotta give them a break. But yeah. still, man. How is it the listing for HBO's Rome does not list who plays Julius, Julius Caesar? It's so weird. It's Larry. Fucking IMDb listings. Look up uh, Tinker, Tinker Taylor Soldier, Soldier Spy. He's one of the main guys in that. I'm gonna look up Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. What the hell is that? Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day is actually a really cute movie with um, Francis McDormand. And, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, and uh, Amy Adams, uh, Lee Pace. Wow, um, I can see why you're into that. And it's about she she's she's a nanny, and but she gets hired as a um, robot. Same robot. No, she is hired as basically an assistant for Amy Adams, who is trying to live a glamorous lifestyle. Um, and it's also kind of set... Why I like it is that there's kind of like a, like a 40s, like a, like a like music and culture element to it. Oh, okay. But it's also about Francis McDormand and the dude who played Caesar are from an earlier generation, and they experience, they lived through World War One, And she lost her husband in the war. Okay. And it's at the eve of World War Two, And, like, it's just about the start. And um, the best part of the whole film is the scene where Francis McDormand and this guy are sitting in an alleyway, and, and they're talking about this younger generation, and they're like, they have no idea what they're in for. It's this like is, actually a really sweet moment. This, the same thing happened on Downton Abbey. You'd love that shit. <laughs> That's, yeah. Did you find the guy? I still can't find him. He's, He's Julius, you know Parker. what, you don't need to know him. He's Julius Caesar from Rome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning into Bill. Rome is going to be an HBO <laughs> Did you see John Carter of Mars? He's in that too. Also, yeah. Dominic West, because it's funny, because it's got two. Um, yeah. The fuck, man? Anyway, what else is going on? Brain what's, no work. What's the other news? Brain no good. What news? What new? What else? What? Tell me what's going on in the world. <laughs> I John love... Slattery will join the cast of Arrested yes! Development next season. Who is John Slattery? John Slattery, he's uh, Roger Sterling on Mad Men. He's this old uh, alcoholic asshole, yeah. which means he is the mom from Arrested Development with a penis. <laughs> so I would imagine you only hire this guy if he's going to be a love interest for the mom on Arrested Development. Yeah. If they don't do that, this is my word burgers moment <laughs> where if they don't do it this way, I'm going to be devastated. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he, he's one of the best uh, uh, guys on Mad Men and uh, yeah. He's going to be on Arrested Development, which is he's fucking tasty, be, zesty. He's going to be a voice in Dishonored. So uh, he was also, go. didn't he play like, uh, wasn't he in Captain America? I heard he was going to play uh, Roger Stark's, wait, Tony Stark's dad he or something? He was Iron Man 2 as Howard Stark. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Presumably. Which that totally makes sense, because he's kind of like, he plays good at playing assholes, and that's perfect he casting. He is. Just throwing that out there. What's the last thing? Now I'm what to else? He's been in, so I can know who the Do fuck you like John Slattery? You get to see a lot of his dick I, and I, ass in the last season of Mad Men. That's important. He becomes to a me. stoner. Really? Yeah. Bill's final note: something's very yeah, important. To me. Nah, nah, the Star Trek nah, Next Generation Pinball Kickstarter nah, just went live. Nah, nah, nah. This is just the sequel to. This is a uh, the same guys who did the Twilight Zone Kickstarter. These are the guys who are digitizing all these old pinball tables. And they did the Twilight Zone table a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Well, no, they they successfully funded their their Kickstarter for the Twilight Zone to bring mm -hmm. the Twilight Zone pinball table to like iOS devices yeah. and Xbox Live and shit like that. And uh, one of their stretch goals is if we make double what we're targeted, we'll also make the uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation pinball machine. And they didn't get that, yeah. so this is just picking up the rest of the money just to make Star That's Trek: The Next Generation pinball. So I already threw down ten bucks for that. 
Oh, Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Like a digitization of a Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> I know. pinball board. Supposedly one of the best pinball games in the last 20 years was like the Addams Family, which I never played. Yeah, I remember playing that Supposedly one. Supposedly some... Well, I guess like as the pinball uh, business wound down, the only like... They can only get money to make new pinball machines is by making licensed pinball machines. Yeah. So I guess they were just throwing all their juju into making that. That's why, like, the Super Mario Brothers pinball machine was fucking fantastic. Yeah. The last, like, the only, like, recent, like, relatively recent pinball machine that I know of that is supposed to be any good that wasn't based off a movie or a game or anything like that was, like, Attack from Mars. Mm-hmm. Which that was just, like, kind of a Mars Attacks kind of, you know, thing. Yeah. So, whatever. But yeah, yeah. that's pinball. It's weird because it's pinball. It's like, oh, I feel more compelled to play this pinball game because it's Indiana Jones themed. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. Well, they'll, they'll have I mean, the sound effects and everything like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that's literally what was this whole Kickstarter thing. Yeah. And these guys, they've been making their bread and butter doing licensed pinball stuff. I don't know when the Twilight Zone pinball is supposed to be out, but it sounds like these guys are pretty trustworthy. So, yeah. 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 It's ten bucks to buy a fake pinball table. Who gives a <laughs> shit? So, yeah, what? That's it. We're dead. That's it. That we done. We done. That is all. You have listened to our word burger. (laughs) (laughs) I only hope that at some point in my life I come up with something that is as amazing as the phrase word burger. I can't believe, assuming word burgers are books, I am kicking myself, almost literally kicking myself, for not having ever looked at a book before and not thought about, yeah, that would be a hamburger to a stupid person. So that's it. It's words between the two burgers. It's shit. It's like a burger. Oh, so like the flaps of a book. Yeah, you like... got the bug back cover and the front cover, and which are like the buns. Like you yeah, if you're a crazy person and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, pick up a book. Yeah, like, look at this mm, word burger. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the word burger I'm holding up is Jaws Memories from Martha's Vineyard, which is actually a great book. Uh, if you're uh, listeners out there who are all hyped up on the Jaws Blu-ray that just came out this week. I recommend you definitely pick up this Jaws. Yeah, Memories from Martha's Vineyard book. Yeah, it came out last year, uh, although I guess it's in a high demand now because the Jaws Blu-ray came out. It's a great making of book with lots of photographs and stuff, and it's, it's just really cool. Uh, but yeah, that is the giant word burger I was just holding up just now. Speaking pretending of Jaws, eat. my wife right now, at this moment, is availing herself of this time where I am not around to watch God knows how many Shark Week documentaries. Oh, is that, good? Well, is that on iTunes? Yeah. I every Well, you can get it through xbox or whatever the fuck i'm sure psn you can do it too see that's cool where it's a cable content being put out for free you know not for free but to people well 15 bucks for however much content it looks pretty great yeah poor kid she was she's so she loves sharks and these are beautiful documentaries in a lot of cases like we watched one that was like called like the perfect shot or something like that where it's about the lengths that these these uh, shark week cinematographers went to capture the perfect shot see that shot. would be an interesting documentary just about the photographers yeah. and it was beautiful like the, just the crazy high definition shots they'd gotten of sharks breaching and this huge shark oh too. just coming up through the water yeah. yeah and they're trying to get a shot from above of a shark breaching and it's beautifully shot and it's, well, it's, like, and it's 45 minutes long and my wife is so into it and I I was into it for the first 15 minutes. Oh, so it's 45 minutes of this one shot. No, 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 no. These guys about, trying to um, get one. Well, it's really about the cinematography behind, like the film attempts at Oh, but it's the climax of this is trying to get this one shot. I don't know. I never, I saw it. <laughs> I wife, walked away. There's a reason why my wife loved it. Um, a, crazy high definition shots of, of really um, compelling sharks jumping on the water chip. B, compelling a female, sharks. a female shark biologist from Australia. It was kind of cute. It gave my wife all the boners. Is she imperious? Uh, Imperator, <laughs> Furiosa, Bill. No, 
she is not Imperiator Furiosa. I fucking love Mad Max. Why are there only four Mad Max movies? Why is it not like the, the Land Before Time where there are like 20 of them? I will go to the theater because supposedly this would be the first one of a new trilogy. Oh, I will yeah. buy 20 tickets. Oh, I will. On opening day. I just just, just like just throw money at the screen. Oh man, Bill. A million, oh. a million Mad Max movies. That's what I want. That's our I want there to be a new genre of film that's just Mad Max movies. And those, like, those have, have to be relatively cheap to make, because aside from building the cars, it's not like you need a lot of digital... Unless you're going to have big, like, big well, cities. Well, they film in crazy locales, which have to be different. But it's all sure. Half of it's just empty No, they're not. Ways. They're filming it in buttfuck Africa. Like, in the middle of oh, nowhere, because... But still, it's just in the middle of nowhere. In Australia. Well, I mean, it's got to be expensive to put up, to, like, find how to put up all of your cast and crew. Yeah. And then get but no more expensive than it would have been, like, you know, what, 20... Maybe, no, probably not, because I think the movie industry has changed. Yeah. Like, what would have been a small budget? Like, you know, yeah. like, Mad, like Mad Max 2, yeah. like, 30 years ago, was small budget. But if you try to make that exact same movie today, yeah. I'm sure it would probably cost... Twice as much. Oh, even even without like to completely ignoring inflation. Yeah. Just because of, like you have to pay for extra insurance and like, yeah. fucking uh, guild stuff. Oh, did I? Uh, Brenda Chapman came out this week. She started oh, doing her first interviews yeah. for the first time at, since so she Brenda left Chapman Pixar. So Brenda Chapman, the director, the first director and creator of Brave. Um, who was um, kind of gently asked to not maybe be the director and let Steve Purcell be the director. And, or uh, co-director or whatever the And so she yeah. left a Pixar. God bless her. She stayed with it through the end of production. It sounds like they kept her on just to kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. Just, and then she left Pixar after Brave was released. And even then, like a month after. after it's not like she was, was just waiting around because they, they didn't want to make it. So, like, she wasn't going to leave story. the day the movie comes out because well, that, that just looks bad. that was kind of the story behind Ratatouille. Yeah, exactly. Sure it's almost the exact same thing. Yeah. avoid that. And so she's uh, done her first interview or two since she's left Pixar, just saying that like, if she, like animation directors aren't afforded the same rights that uh, normal directors, like live action directors, are, because there's like for some reason animation directors aren't allowed into the directors guild. Yeah. And so anim animation directors can just get bounced for no reason off of a project, well, they or have. at least for reasons. If but you yeah, are even is... vaguely cognizant of, of animation Oh, of I know, I know. Years... But I just had no idea animation directors couldn't even join the Directors Guild. Yeah. Because I know how the... Yeah, because, like, directing for live action is not the same... Or directing for animation is not nearly the same thing as live action. No, Whereas live action, it's more respected. You're you're kind of the prime creative force. Whereas directing for animation, you're, you're still... You're calling all the shots, but you're not, like... You have the creative vision, but, yeah, it's... You're it's not the boss a, man the same way live action yeah. is. Yeah. Well, television in general, which a lot of like a lot of animation is done for television. Television more, is always more of a producer's thing yeah. than it is a director's thing because directors are always called in episode by episode directing things. Your head creative honcho on a TV show is almost like the director. Yeah. Which is half the time is usually the writer if it's like you know like yeah. like an HBO Breaking Bad AMC type show, and so yeah, I don't know. Poor Brenda Chapman. Yeah. Bless her heart. Yeah, she just said it's it's devastating. Because it's clear watching... If you watch Brave and then look at a picture of Brenda Chapman, it's like, oh, hell, this is very... Yeah, and she said, like, the whole story is inspired by her own relationship with her daughter, yeah. who turned into a bear. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, Maybe that's what happened. Maybe she went to the bathroom turned into a bear. Spoilers for Brave. She couldn't redirect anymore. <laughs> <sighs> she was turned back human just before the movie came out, and they're like, you know what, you're used this could happen all the time. We can't have you here at Pixar. She totally yeah. did destroy this the, the cereal bar. 
Hey everybody, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie and this is Bill. Hey Bill. It, as always, you can yammer at us on Twitter. We are at Boy Hattie Podcast. Summer is almost over, thank fucking thank Christ. God. It only got hot oh. in Portland here like last week and now we're all Those melting. In the last two weeks. I, I'm so sad I'm going to close on my house with air conditioning like the week after the weather breaks. This weekend is going to be the hottest weekend. It's going to be like 70 to 80 degrees at night. Yeah, fuck this noise. My house is just a, a fire trap. <laughs> the fire being my skin. Last couple days you spend near that house, though. I'm going to be with boiling. Any luck. It's going to be, I'm going to be broken. But it's fall coming. Fall's the best time of year. In two weeks, it's going to be September. I'm going to have my roaring fireplace in my new house. Oh, you have a fireplace? Yeah, hell yeah, boy. Hell yeah, bitch. Are you going to get a bearskin rug? Hell yeah, bitch. No. Oh, just the thing to keep your uh, Tom Hardy's uh, penis warm <laughs> on your elbow. Did I ever tell you about Baloo? What's blue? My oh no 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 Yogi excuse me my mom when she was a little girl um her dad had a bearskin rug they named it Yogi and it had a very it was a, it was very that's cruel not a healthy bear oh no <laughs> it was kind of anemic and it had a bald spot and it wasn't <laughs> like they had worn it away over the years no 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 this bear had a bald spot <laughs> she never knew what happened to it and then about like three years ago she gives me a call she goes guess what I just saw at the antique store I totally saw Yogi at an antique store they're selling Yogi for three thousand dollars. And uh, it was like, it had a yogi, because no one else has that so, spot but yogi. Yogi had, you know what he had? Well, you know what he loved? Sickness baskets. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you know what's my favorite part of that joke? That joke was like you learning to parallel park. Like, you had to spot the position. And you, tried, you had swung out too much. You had to pull out again and try to readjust to enter correctly. Sickness baskets! <laughs> On that note, boo, we're, boo, boy, boo. we're Boy Hattie Podcast. I think I'm barf. <laughs> My hair's falling out. I already sound better than Dan Aykroyd did. Howdy. We're also, you can email us howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com. Thank you once again for listening, dearest friends. I love you. I love you too.